Hey folks, and welcome to a daily rating special. On today's special, Vincent Daly is taking us through the essential Godzilla movies. Out of all the Godzilla, or what some may refer to as Gojira movies, these today are the films to watch if you want to get the essence, want to truly understand Godzilla the creature and Godzilla the franchise. Now, this is quite an undertaking, and Godzilla is a massive character and property. So right now, we're going to take some time, and take you back in time, to tell you how the whole idea for Godzilla ever came to be. Our story begins on a plane ride back in 1954. A flight traveling from Jakarta, Indonesia to Tokyo, Japan. One of the passengers on the flight was Tamoyuki Tanaka, and he was flying back home after failing to negotiate a deal with the Indonesian government. Tanaka was a producer with the legendary Toho Company. The Toho Company was a Tokyo-based production studio creating films all the way back to the 1930s. They planned in 1954 to co-produce a film alongside an Indonesian film studio named Perfini. The film was going to be called In the Shadow of Glory. It was about a Japanese soldier stationed in the Dutch East Indies during Japan's occupation of Indonesia. However, in the mid-50s, there was still a strong anti-Japanese sentiment in the country. This put political pressure on the Indonesian government, who in turn denied work visas for the Japanese filmmakers. Producer Tanaka went to Jakarta to personally meet with the government and try to renegotiate a deal. However, he was unsuccessful in the attempt. Now, on his flight back to Japan... Tanaka would not lose any time and started to conceive an idea for a giant monster film. He was inspired by two very different things. One was the 1953 American monster film called The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms, a movie about a dinosaur released from frozen hibernation by an atomic bomb test. The special effects, by the way, were done by the great Ray Harryhausen. Now, the second thing that inspired producer Tanaka was the real-life tragic incident earlier in 1954 involving the Daigo Fukurayu Maru. The Maru was a Japanese tuna boat operating near Bikini Atoll, the area where the United States government was conducting a hydrogen bomb test. The Maru was outside the danger zone of the blast, but due to the change in winds and the fact that the blast was twice as powerful as expected, Radioactive dust and particles fell upon the ship several hours later. All 23 men on board suffered acute radiation syndrome for weeks after the event. One of the members would even die months later. He's considered to be the first victim of the hydrogen bomb. Godzilla's opening scene, by the way, was in direct reference to the incident. Now, producer Tanaka knew the growing fears in Japan of nuclear power not to mention this just being a decade after Nagasaki and Hiroshima. His monster concept would be a metaphor for the death and destruction of nuclear weapons. 
Tanaka believed this idea of a film could have potential due to the fear and aggravation amongst the Japanese people, along with the monster films becoming popular with the release of The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms and also the re-release of King Kong just two years prior. On this very same flight traveling back home, Tanaka immediately went from conception of the idea to writing out the outline for the film. He gave it the working title of The Giant Monster from 20,000 Miles Beneath the Sea. And upon arriving home, he would go on to pitch the idea to Toho executive producer Away Umori. Mori would approve the project, but only after special effects director Iiji Supureu was on board for the film and confirmed it was financially feasible. Several directors were pitched to direct the movie, but declined the project, thinking it was not serious and flat-out stupid. But then, due to his wartime experience and his interest in science and, as he puts it, unusual things, Eshiro Honda was tapped for the job and agreed to the direct the film. Honda said he had no problem taking it seriously. And in fact, producer Tanaka, special effects director Supureya, and now director Honda, would agree to depict the monster attacks as if it were a real event, with a serious tone, much like a war documentary. This now leads us to the script, and Tanaka would get science fiction writer Shigeru Kayama to write the story. And in 11 days, he had a completed 50-page story. The final project, though, would differ from those original pages because director and now co-writer Ishiro Honda and fellow co-writer Takeo Murata would confine themselves in a Japanese inn for three weeks. And when they emerged, they had a proper working screenplay. Co-writer Murata would say, quote, Director Honda and I racked our brains to make Mr. Kayama's original treatment into a full working vision. And now for that incredible, unforgettable design. In the early days of conceptualizing the creature, producer Tanaka originally thought of having a gorilla-like or whale-like body due to the fact that Gojira was a combined name of Gorira for gorilla and Kujira for whale. However, under the supervision of the special effects director Teizo Toshimitsu and Akira Watanabe, would base Godzilla's design on dinosaurs, using books and illustrations from Life magazine as references. They would combine a T-Rex, an iguanodon, and dorsal fins of a stegosaurus. And in addition to the dinosaur-like features, they wanted to emphasize the monster's relationship with the atomic bomb. So its skin texture was inspired by scars seen on survivors of Hiroshima. They were called keloid scars. There were also specific shots in the film of Godzilla's head that resembled the look of a mushroom cloud after an atomic blast. And with the creature design settled, the monster suit put together, the production could now start filming. On the first day of shooting, director Honda would ask the 30 crew members to read the entire full script and to literally leave the project if they did not feel convinced. He wanted to work with only those who had full confidence in him and the film. Honda would later say, quote, If our hearts were not in it 100%, it would have not worked. We wanted the monster to possess the terrifying characteristics of an atomic bomb. This was our approach, without any reservations, end quote. Now, the last piece of the puzzle for the movie was the music. 
And again, producer Tanaka, director Honda, and special effects artist Superea would agree to get Akiro Ifakube to compose the film's score. Ifakube was excited to work on the project, saying, quote, I couldn't sit still when I heard that in this movie, the main character was a reptile that would be rampaging through the city, end quote. Ifakube, though, was not shown the final film and only had one week to compose the music. He was really only shown a model of Godzilla and the screenplay during the week. He did briefly see footage without any special effects, but it wasn't much help. Ifakube would say, quote, I was very confused, so I tried to make music that would remind you of something enormous. And he did. Akira Ifakube created what he considers to be the finest film score he's ever done. And with all that said, this concludes the story of the making of our famous monster and the first Godzilla film. After 51 days of principal photography, 71 days of special effects shooting, the film would go on to premiere in the city of Nagoya, Japan on October 27, 1954. And this, folks, is where our special begins. Because after almost 70 years, Godzilla is now the longest continuously running film franchise. And besides all the TV series, the comic books, the novels, and video games, the franchise has an astonishing 38 films, either completed or in current production. 38 films. So naturally, how would a Vincent Daly weed through all those films to make an essential guide for you? So 38 films, folks, let's do some cutting. First of all, two films are currently in production, so naturally, we'll be on the list for today. Then we'll actually set aside all four American-made films. You would probably all recognize these four, and honestly, if you just want a modern American monster film, sure. Go ahead and flip these on. But today, we're talking about the true essential, the essence of Toho Godzilla pictures. So for the U.S. version, I'm sure we'll cover them in the future, but just not today. With that, we're also excluding four anime Godzilla films. Again, some of these films may be great, but they're still anime, and they're kind of their own vibe, and we'll just let them stay on their nice little nuclear island over there. Okay, down to 28. Well, it turns out some of the movies really aren't that good, if you can believe it. 13 are just bad. Really bad. Like Vin Daly calling them, completely and totally a waste of your time and straight up ruining everything great about Godzilla. Bad. This leaves us with 15 potential Godzilla films that could land on the list of, quote, essential. So Vince sat down, watched, and took notes on all 15 movies. And of these, four. Four films that Vin Daly says are the essential Godzilla movies. You want to understand the essence of Gojira? Then take a weekend, take just one long day, and watch these four Godzilla films. Now, we still have 11 movies that Vin watched on our behalf, and he has ratings for them too. So we'll take our time and give proper reviews for our four main films, and then just rapid-fire go through the other 11 with just a few bullet points. Then we'll shoot at a quick score, and we'll move on to the next. Alright folks, now that's enough of all this Tommy Two-Shoes talking here. So, now everyone get ready, because Vin Daly is taking us through 70 years of the biggest, baddest monster film there is. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Godzilla special. Hey. 
Mr. Vincent Daly. How we doing, buddy? Hey, Tommy boy. How's it going? Uh, it's going okay for me. I'm really excited for this episode, this special, obviously. <laughs> exhausted. I'll tell you what, I'm exhausted. <laughs> it's um, it's a lot of homework you did. This is the hardest that you've worked yeah. for the show yet. O- almost to the point that, like... Uh, it's it's too big for its own good. Uh, I, I think we'll we'll definitely reconsider how we do these major major projects, um, and to think that it could be even bigger originally. You know, if I was doing you know all of the films. Yeah, but so. I like the way you did it because, and basically how we set it up. Everyone heard in the beginning that. You did a lot of research post even watching anything mm. just to know, okay, which one should I watch? Sure, and sure. And you still had, what, 15 on your back? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, it was, it was about giving it a good shake. Uh, it was about sorting out the very clearly bad movies, you know, as much as possible. Yeah, like truly, truly not yeah. worth your time. <laughs> and, and if anything, I mean, some of these scores on these movies... If anything, it, it, it beckons watching the remaining of the Godzilla films just to see where the rankings are, because I can't imagine some being lower than the ones I covered. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Um, okay, so, yeah, I was shocked that out of over 30, that four are basically what we're calling, what you're calling, okay, these are really yeah, the ones. Yeah, yeah, I, I wish I had five. Uh, well, I, I'm glad that we cut out. The anime and the American ones. Yes, yes. A- anyone can watch the American ones. Uh, anyone can watch. Uh, well, uh, the anime is more so. It's it's a difference in uh, format. It's a you know it's a difference a little yeah. bit in genre and medium. I just don't feel like it hits on what this special is about. It's about the man in the suit. Yeah, I'm in total agreement of that. And only that those can be. We're going to watch that at some point, I'm sure. Uh, maybe. Well, maybe the anime. That's true. <laughs> I think the American ones probably could be a perfect rewatch when the newest one that's announced. I think exactly. Godzilla Kong New Empire now, or something like that. We covered Godzilla vs. Kong. Was that on the podcast or was that uh, a test episode we did? Tough to say. I think that is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or the, one of those episodes is uh, or, or in the echoes of time. I think that was one of the earliest, if not like initial three that we did. Okay, so, it's, so it technically is on there. I also remember watching that with you in our buddy Christian's place. <laughs> you <laughs> just right. hating it. So <laughs> initially when I came up with this idea, I was like, oh boy, I'm going to be putting Tom through the ringer on these. Um, <laughs> it's a big a big episode, folks. So, I mean, and by the way, you were the one who came up with this idea. Uh, yeah. You put yourself through the right. extra 15 movies. No one held a gun to my head on this one, folks. But it's just because, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I think there was a when, – when I start thinking about a special, it's like it's this genuine excitement that I feel of just like, yeah, how do you call heads or tails on if something's good? And that question, that initial question, just how in the hell, if I told you, pick a Japanese Godzilla film out of the 28 that are in basically this kind of category of yeah. eligible, how do you know which one's good? So it, 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 that's that genuine curiosity was what was driving this here. And it's great. I mean, it's true. This is true value at this <laughs> point because you did all the research for us, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, the point of my intro, I just wanted to get us up to speed because it is the longest running franchise now. Yeah. Which is crazy. 70 years, basically. Mm-hmm. It's 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 crazy. It's it's huge. Yeah, a property and so, still going. I mean, we have both an American sequel announced and a Japanese sequel announced coming this December, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think the one got might have got pushed back a little oh, bit because okay, okay. of the strike. That but makes sense. 
and all connected to Toho. Like oh, to- yeah. Toho, Toho Company still has their grips on all of this, oh, yeah. which I like. Mm-hmm. Now, it's funny how many bad pictures we get, but how beloved Godzilla <laughs> still is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a bulletproof idea, for sure. But it, it's a huge franchise. It is the biggest franchise, so it's cool that we're just really dissecting it. Yeah. And since it's so many movies, again, like we described in the beginning, folks, it's going to be our four main ones. And then in chronological order... We're just going to run down those other 11. It's going to be quick. Vin's got some pointers. He's going yeah, to – some quick bullet points. And then, I mean, there's some funny <laughs> to a lot of these films, but, yeah, not great. <laughs> so I love – any more opening notes, Vin? I got a couple hot takes, if that's all right. Absolutely, yeah. I think number one hot take, folks, is to watch Godzilla is to understand the foundations of anime, even – all of anime. I mean, hmm. the the fact that these are the popcorn films that the mass population of Japanese audiences are consuming in the 60s, the 70s, going into the 80s. Yeah. You know, watching this, I felt I found the goddamn Rosetta Stone on anime because it 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 I could see in the DNA so much of what goes into anime shows that we see in the 80s and the 90s and certainly anime movies as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The type of scenes, how uh, tension, how stress is done, how action is done. It was, I mean, I really mean it. It was like the Rosetta Stone. I saw it. (laughs) Now, was this on your radar already? Or you were watching and just picking up on all this? Maybe slightly in my radar. Our last film, Shin Godzilla, is done by Hideki Ono, who is a a top, top anime director uh, in Japan. So, but I'm telling you it, it watching these old movies and specifically like the 70s ones it's like wow the 70s ones really yeah this the stylings of everything it's like watching the influential work to what you know to be mainstream so that that, <laughs> that that's that's my one hot take uh maybe a quick one to get out of the way is um an easy question is it godzilla or gojira uh simply put they are exactly the same yeah i was just interchanging them yeah, yeah, it's exactly the same. Also, Goji is the uh, is the uh, like the fan uh, name for Godzilla. <laughs> the short. Uh, oh, you got that new Goji? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good Goji flick. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, I would say uh, something to pay attention to, folks, uh, and something that is definitely applicable to all these is that as the eras, as the years progress, the man in suit special effects get less and less acceptable. So even though there is a steady curve and incline to the VFX whether that be explosions, models, complexity of it, the newer entries fail in a way that the old ones might be a little bit more acceptable. That's more Uh, than shocking. Oh, yeah? And not on the VFX? Well, you would just assume everything would get better. No, no. If anything, things get worse. Uh, Specifically Godzilla itself? uh, All things. Oh. Yeah. Uh, And even though budget may be increased for those explosions or the miniatures on screen, sometimes the newer films are the worst as far as they go in in, in, the man in suit effects. Is that not surprising to you? Uh, I think so. Uh, I kind of knew the one era uh, was kind of known for that, and that's the Millennium Era from uh, 1999 to 2004 uh which are notably not it's not one of our main four yes not one of our main four as well should we go through the eras or yeah yeah, just to finish up i'm just i still can't i didn't know that they kind of get worse sometimes the way they look (laughs) they get worse they get better um but again my kind of observation on this is that more so the acceptability uh am i going to say that the 60s ones look great no but i feel like there is an acceptability for it, uh, knowing that it came out in the time. Not saying that I'm making the excuse for watching it of back course. then or anything of like course, that. Of course, yep. Uh, but more so that 
they only had so much to work with as far as miniatures go, as explosions and everything like that. The excuse for not using better tech, better VFX for right. the 2001, I don't think there's any excuse. And that's where I think there's a kind of an inverse to, uh, to that effect. Yeah, and a larger disappointment. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Absolutely. Okay, so setting that aside, yeah, let's quick go over the eras. Sure. Because I don't know if most people know. Like that, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know prior to I learned a lot about Godzilla. <laughs> hours just to do my little 10-minute intro. Hours <laughs> worth of just reading. <laughs> But yeah, so there's four main eras to Godzilla. Yes. And and by the way, is this is that because fans put that together or I, is that Toho designed it that I way? I think it's Toho official because mainly what marks these different eras are drastic redesigns of Godzilla, like the actual suit itself, oh, okay, the so look it is. of Godzilla. It, okay. So it's like getting a new bond. Yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> there it is. We got we got to have anchor points to, we bring the to West keep you in. in a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> Keep you engaged. So what are our main four eras? Uh, yes. And what years do they represent? Okay, so the first is the Showa era. This is from 1954 to 1975. Uh, elevator pitch for this is it's fantastic music, but usually very goofy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next is a about a 10-year hiatus, uh, but then we have the Hisei era from 1984 to 1995. Um, largely, I would consider that the best monster design. Uh, we get a lot of cool practical effects. After that is the Millennium Era from 1999 to 2004, uh, and this is where— 99 to 4? Yeah. Five-year era. Yeah. Okay. And we get—there's you know, there's a good amount of movies in there, too. Uh, uh, overall, I would describe this era as the lowest quality f- in comparison to the year release, and this is you know kind of okay. what we were just talking about with that— you know, there's kind of no excuses. The excuse, the excuses evaporate uh, when when you think about uh, this was made when, and they could have just hired an outsourced company to you know have better visual effects. Yeah, yeah, so, weta. Yeah, exactly. So, and then lastly, the Reiwa era, which is from 2016 to present. So, a lot of those include the anime movies, uh, and presumably that also includes the brand new that Godzilla minus one, one that's uh, coming out whenever. And that's proper Japanese made. That's <laughs> yes. What's What's the U.S. the name of the U.S. one that's going to uh, be coming out? They, they don't. Re- oh, uh, that's uh, Godzilla vs Kong: New Dynasty. Ah, no, that's the second. New, okay. new Empire. New- <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we have four eras now. Just because we have four films, it, we're not doing one that represents each era. No. So one era is being untouched. Yes. Which is the ninety-nine to four. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, I, I would really like it to be so clean that it would be one for each. But that's where I love it. Where it's just like, no, you made the cuts. Yeah. You yeah. true were just like, what do people need to know about absolutely absolutely and even to the point that like the second film godzilla raids again not a terrible movie and i could have easily covered it but i don't think it's a standout especially mm-hmm. for someone not liking kaiju movies not liking godzilla at all right, you know these right. are hopefully and uh, you know recommendations these big deep dives to uh keep someone really engaged uh even if they're they know nothing about godzilla right Okay, so let's just – we're not going to pre-give out the names to the ones we're going to go over quick. Oh, it's we'll a ju- surprise. We'll do that live. Um, All right. But the four main ones that we're going to do is obviously the very first one, the 1954 Godzilla – which I just mm. talked all about. Yeah. Then we're doing Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla in 74. Then we're doing The Return of Godzilla in 84. Mm-hmm. And sh- a big jump to Shin Godzilla in 16. Yeah. And this was bringing in that latest era, correct? The yes. first film in that latest yeah. era. Yeah, started the Reiwa era, but also kind of not an era, if I'm being honest. But, um, not yet. Maybe yeah. it should be more established itself Who knows? as we go. Who knows? Yeah. So that's our four main title features, folks. Anything else, or do we want to... I think we, can, we got plenty... <laughs> 
<laughs> we got plenty yeah, to sit, talk about. Sit down and relax. I got a glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> I made vintage drinks, so folks, you do the same. <laughs> Let's get into it right away. We're starting out in 1954. We are covering the first Godzilla by Ishiro Honda. Mm. I just, like I said, I talked all about it. Just yes, the leading great up. great deep dive. Thank you. Leading up to the film, just to kind of get us set up. This is how we even came to be. And as far as Godzilla goes, how was it? Well, uh, folks, our, our first Godzilla highlight is, of course, the original here. And it's for f- far more reasons than you think. Coming only nine years after the atomic bombings, this is a clear example of a great movie monster coming from real fears. You know, the fear of radiation is a strong element brought up in dialogue constantly in this film. And Godzilla is that fear manifest. We touched on this aspect in our zombie special, most notably in 1968's Night of the Living Dead, Mm -hmm, where concepts like the Red Scare play into underlying themes to elevate the film. Another great example of this is both of the Invasion of the Body Snatcher films are just perfect examples of real fears being translated to movie monsters, which has always been a point of fascination for me. Uh, And that same type of inspiration is why this first film is well worth your time, folks. Despite the production and technical aspects being the most dated yeah, here. Big time. You know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not going to say that this is, a, you know, a technical marvel or anything like that. <laughs> if anything, it's very on par with the type of creature feature films that come out in the 50s and that polluted drive-ins and everything like that. Yeah, Double features yeah. type of stuff. It really stands apart and is worth the time because of how true it strikes to Godzilla's design and original... Uh, original fear manifest into the creature. Yeah, I, that's the craziest thing that it's nine years after all of this mm. and there was so much heart yeah. and just depth that were put into it that that can help come across the screen. That real fear of the Japanese people and this is mm. such a Japanese property and film and yep. Toho company and everything like that where it comes through on this. So I watched this one. Yeah. Yeah. It was so dated for me. Mm. I can't walk away saying, I'll just tell you right now, did not love this film. Okay. Fair uh, enough. Really much at all. Fair enough. But I had such appreciation for it. And the tones trying to be portrayed really did come through. Sure. Like it, sure. it felt like a meaningful film. But for me, that doesn't necessarily make it a great film. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And I think it's it's hard-pressed for me to say among literally every other film that it has either a versus in the title or like it's right. a title match between two <laughs> monsters that this kind of radiation fear drama uh, is is really worth it as far as the visual effects go. But that's, that's where I think um, – uh, the story in this one and this one alone makes it uh, something special, you know. It does. It absolutely, and it feels like like it feels special, mm-hmm. uh, no matter how dated it is and everything like that. Now, I'm sure right. back then, crazy and impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I think mean, so. Seventy years ago. It had to be impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and even, I mean, we covered the original King Kong, which is all, obviously a lot older than this. Yeah. But I feel like Godzilla has something to miniature destruction. This is a, I mean, I'm probably going to say it just off the cuff for a lot of things, but this is where this Rosetta Stone for anime aspect kind of came in. Because <laughs> it was just like how destruction of a city is portrayed. Uh, it's like, I don't know, I, I felt... All of like mecha anime, monster anime, kaiju anime, like it, it felt like those type of things. And obviously, the directors of those would be inspired by the early works of Godzilla. 
Absolutely. being the most popular Absolutely. Japanese film, basically. <clears throat> yeah. So this, is, you know, that's also another thing. Toho is the industry for such a long time. We yeah. only have, a, a, you know, competition are only trying to rip off Toho in a lot of instances. So for the property of Godzilla specifically, or uh, or just like just monster movies trying to cash grab, essentially. Right. Okay. Uh, Piggyback of, off the success. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, did, it this didn't take off right away in the states. So the United States eventually got some sort of rights to play this film. Mm. I don't know if you know about this. I didn't talk about it in the intro, but basically the U.S. cut a lot of scenes mm. and then they had, they followed an, an American reporter <laughs> that they just put on screen and they used like green screen effect basically. Oh, wow. where they actually Like rear projection. Right. They actually tried to make it seem like he was in the actual scenes of Godzilla. <laughs> so then they, and then they also had to like dub it and everything like that. Oh, and it, yeah. turned, it turned it into a completely different film, much more pro-American film. Oh, sure, Not sure. that this is anti-American, but it, it's definitely it, anti-war. It it's a right. de- uh, definitively anti-war. And, well, and probably it's maybe a little bit anti-American, sure. but the fact is is that it's all hidden behind the actual monster causing dis- mm-hmm. destruction. But it was just this American one, and then it went away and was in licensing hell and only got brought, like Criterion just mm. brought it back a little bit or something like that. Sure, sure. But regardless, back then it, it just didn't really hit in the States all that much. Yeah. We had creature features for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this was, it was just such a pure Japanese thing. And like I said, it feels it. It mm-hmm. definitely feels it in the film. But going back and watching some of the edits and even just some of the acting and everything mm, like that, the, okay. the timing of it all, even for like reactions and everything. And because you're experiencing this not only with fresh eyes for a 50s movie, but right. it's also like a kind of a blockbuster 50s movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, well, it's effect heavy, whether yes. that be miniatures or destruction. Like, Oh, sure, sure. Like, yeah, everything's, you know, can only look so good. <laughs> I thought you were going to be sold on the miniatures, but I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) But folks, I'll I'll start with introducing the film this way because it it focuses on why most of these films fail. They Mm. often lose focus on Godzilla being a horror icon. Godzilla isn't necessarily scary because of the destruction he brings or the invulnerability he has. Rather, he is horrifying because he challenges science to create an even greater weapon. And folks, let me tell you, uh, that conflict is just as important as seeing a city leveled on screen and a factor that is forgotten for so much of the franchise. Mm. So much of the franchise because they get into this vibe that it has to be Godzilla's versus someone. Yeah. Or, or which, uh, which, another kaiju, another monster. Now, the, inter- the introduction of the kaiju, which mm-hmm. is, which also to go through real quick, is oh, sure. also just kaiju is... A monster. A ra- right, a monster. Okay. Yeah. That can kind of be cool. I feel like where Godzilla goes, it gets silly. Mm. It, right? It gets it silly. It gets very silly. And it was born From out- Godzilla having a son, to dancing, to... Yes. And it's... <laughs> yeah. it, it's from what it's birthed from, mm. which is nuclear weapons, yeah, it's yeah. like, yo, like, what are you guys doing? Like, that, <laughs> my big question at the end of this to you is is going to be: Is the Toho Company a good steward of this property? Oh, interesting. And interesting. I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of an argument to make that no, they're a terrible <laughs> stewards. Actually, <laughs> yeah, right, right. I think that's a great question, Tom, uh, and honestly, one that I would love to pose that kind of. Every one of these major franchises, if anything, like a Bond right. of how the different stylings of Bond have evolved over right. the years. Like how does Bro- Broccoli, the Broccoli family, sure. carry it and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But we can talk about that towards the end. Yeah. I, I think for this first uh, film in, in 54, luckily our main performances step up to the plate and, and are able to sell to the audience as our, our main characters are scientists first, which is brownie points for me, for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I le- It's not even just that scientists are, are, are my jam in characters. It's just that when 
characters are written as what they are mm, and they're not sure. just like action stars or anything like that uh, and these are all just a bunch of nerds like they are <laughs> not that they have a chance against Godzilla to begin with but uh, you know they, they're not doing anything except with their brains actor uh, Takeshi Shimura is fantastic in this and, and giving some of the most sobering notes to the horrors that come from Godzilla uh, Shimura is no amateur actor either, uh, starring in many films from the legendary director Akira Kurosawa, and even starring as the lead in 1952's Ikaru, hmm. uh, which is a um, real, real sad movie. <laughs> I mean, definitely, definitely a lot sadder than Godzilla. So. <laughs> but he's, he's, a, he's a, a notable face for the time in the early 50s for Japanese cinema. Akihiro Harada is yet another highlight. Um, even though he might be a scientist wearing an eye patch. Yeah. And that definitely is cartoony. His original design was even crazier. Oh, really? Like, they took a hatchet to, like, there's the guy that wrote the main story. Uh-huh. And then uh, Honda and the co-writer kind of just took a hatchet to it a sure. little bit. They had him wearing a cape. They Whoa. had him only coming out of, only outdoors at night. <laughs> I mean, just like this, this crazy over-the-top character. Yeah, it's great. But he still looks, he looks cool. Yeah, yeah. He's got an eye patch. For sure. He's got an eye patch. But I, I would say the way his character is written keeps our attention on the stakes of, once again, creating a weapon to surpass the invincible Godzilla. Uh, With that said, let's go ahead and move on to the big boy himself. Godzilla's ability to strike any city is a greater thriller aspect than I think most of the creature features out uh, at the time. Of course, I mean... Boy, I've not seen probably a majority of uh, of all these. You know, I've seen some out of morbid curiosity, but I feel like it drives home the lethality of how much we don't know about the monster. Uh, Really, why I think this film, uh, compared to some of the others, skyrockets into uh, actually okay, is just how Japan is so helpless. Uh, It really sells the fear. Mm -hmm. Many films uh, to come will often dilute this fear through technological or even nationalistic themes, but it is all a misstep. The key to why this all works is because it is and feels like an old creature feature horror, and just like you introduced Tom with that fabulous intro uh, of kind of going through that and, um, you know, the roots of whatever type of Peters, Ray Harryhausen, things like that. Which is cool that he he loved kind of the the American creature features. Yeah. And the fact, apparently in Japan, two years later, that that they um, re-ran Hong Kong, not Hong Kong, um, King Kong, mm, and like yeah. it did great. It did sure. better on the re-release than the original. Wow, when it came out, go figure. Uh, but uh, I think as our first rule of thumb for this franchise is that science horror is when we will see Godzilla at his best. Mm. As I'll have structured in all of these reviews, especially for the short ones, I want to just specifically talk about effects. Uh, and this is definitely the skin in the game for watching so many movies. Yeah. I wanted to talk. I have a special to talk about VFX and men in suits and uh, and, and and bad miniatures and things like that. It, it's the first, folks. I'll be honest. It's a bit rough. <laughs> Once again, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Tom, you know, this this is the man in suit effect that early VFX pioneers like Ray Harryhausen. Uh, with his dynamation movement we're competing against. Godzilla has some goofy eyes, which will plague the boy for many, many <laughs> movies. Have goofy He's got a little bit of a lazy eye going on. I don't know what's <laughs> going on with this. I mean, obviously, this is like before animatronics were like, wow. Like, it's like they had straighten those, the eye. Those dot eyes, like those cheap ones <laughs> yeah, that you yeah. like rattle and stuff. <laughs> yep. You can just hot glue on. <laughs> I just don't understand why they don't fix it before the scene starts. So I, maybe if like the miniatures were already busted, they're like, we got one take. <laughs> the eyes look. Get a little lazy. <laughs> 
when we don't see the eyes, uh, I would say he looks, he sells a good job at being mutated and, and, and a tiny bit scary, of course, for the time in 54. Um, a look that will be emphasized in our very last entry, Shin Godzilla, which is um, definitely a, a precursor to why I love that film so much, leaning into the mutated aspect of Godzilla being an atomic monster. Okay. Also, let me give a shout out to the man in suit himself, uh, Haru Nakajima who uh, was the Godzilla actor all the way until 1972. Uh, so a good run for That's sure. A lot. That's a lot of movies. <laughs> it is, yeah. If there's anything in the bulk of the 28 that we're considering of in the criteria mm-hmm. of um, mainline Toho Japanese Godzilla films, a bulk of them are in the Showa era just because they were pumping them out were, sometimes twice a year. In the 50s and 60s, it's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot. As far as city destruction, I feel like it's fun. I don't. I wouldn't call it effective as far as <laughs> VFX or anything like that. Oh boy, they rolling in their graves. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you joke call it fun. Yeah. Uh, lots of toys and miniatures have a good amount of care put into them. Does it ever not look like toys? No, but it's. I don't think it's without design. I feel like there is some intentionality to how Godzilla, for one, interacts with like the train when he's picking it up and whatnot. They're doing little things to push it a little bit farther yeah, than it, I would it, expect it, even for the mid-50s. And that detail work. So yeah. even the miniatures – man, I really was on an ebb and flow with this, mm-hmm. like on a roller coaster with this. I'm like, I had made some notes where I was just like, you and I could do this in a third-grade diorama <laughs> project today. For a school, for a school project. <laughs> yep, yep. But at the same time, when you do look at it, it's like, okay, there are some care put into all the managers and detail work. Mm-hmm. It, it's the, when you have to interact with them and everything, mm. and when Godzilla's doing destruction, it's just, it's it's rough. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. tough to take it seriously, which is sad, but 70 years later, it's tough to take it seriously. Yeah, I, I think I think it's interesting to, to study because if you had to make one iconic shot from all of these films, what is it? It's people running away screaming Godzilla. Mm. And why is that type of shot chosen? It's for them to cut away and make these miniatures feel real. And I feel like there's artistry in that. Um, there's artistry in, in trying to make these clear looking toys that I don't think even in the 50s were fooling anyone and we're trying to put it in the human perspective of the, uh, of, of real people right, running yeah. away from it and whatnot. I have to imagine back then people, I don't know if they were fooled by it, mm. but it probably looked okay. Yeah. You yeah, especially I mean? in comparison to some things like came from outer space or Plan yeah. Plan Nine from outer space or they, you know these these like Terra bad movies because the team they tried really hard yeah. as much as they could with all the miniatures and everything like that mm-hmm. and the photography. So I had imagined that back then it had had some type of realism. Yeah, even though yeah. you could tell it was fake. Absolutely. One aspect I don't think looks terrible are drawn effects uh, that would be kind of similar to like a rotoscoping technology for Godzilla's iconic atomic breath. And honestly, certain structures look pretty solid considering this came out in 54. Uh, one little aspect of the, like, the atomic breath is they're clearly just taking like a blowtorch to like the miniatures yeah, yeah, themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. I, I like it. <laughs> but honestly, folks, uh, you know me well by now. Uh, I really don't give points for how something was when it came out. You know, this score is really not for special effects. And rather it held up by, or rather it's held up by a great narrative around weapons and the ambition of man. It's not trying to be a monster movie. It's trying to be a real mo- movie through this focus and has an important perspective coming out less than a decade after the nation that felt its sobering origins. We're going to go ahead and give Godzilla 1954 a 70 on the dot. Wow. 
I, that's a very good score, Vin. Yeah. That's a very good score. I, I think uh, this, this wow. film has a place in appreciation uh, of, uh, of cinema. And, and again, it, believe me, that, that 70 score, it's, it's nothing for the special effects. I found them cute. I don't think they're passable. Yeah. It's really for the message it tells of um, almost kind of like, uh, you know, All Quiet on the Western Front. It's a deeply anti-war movie. It's an anti-weapon movie mm-hmm. as well. And it does, and it, that comes across. Mm-hmm. I would almost say, if you're somewhat into film at all or the type of genre, it's almost a must-watch in its mm. own way. Uh, this gets one shoe for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it because you're not a fan of these monster movies to begin with. I, you know, I, I have uh, and just doing the research appreciation. <laughs> it was tough. I mean, I don't I, want you to hold back. I was flirting with the zero shoe. <laughs> I, I was flirting with the zero shoe. That's amazing. But the emotion and the feeling behind the film is raw. There's a rawness and a realness to it, mm. and that's appreciative. Um, like I said in the intro where they wanted to film it like it was a war documentary. You know, mm. have to have the realism of that. Mm-hmm. And that can come through. Yeah. I do I also really like this the soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um even it, it doesn't even sound like sound I wish the orchestra was maybe 30 pieces lo- bigger or something <laughs> like that, but it just it it does work in its own kind of way. Yeah. And the story it's telling, the emotion that drives behind it really can only be done on this first one. Mm. So the one shoe might sound bad, but it's a lot of appreciation for it, <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. <laughs> it's, it's one shoe keeping you away I from actually, zero shoes. I was trying to think about even how I could put a weird marker on it, <laughs> but I was just like, screw it. It's just a shoe. It's yeah. a shoe. Because I really feel like we could film it now, Vin. <laughs> <laughs> Go on Amazon, get some toys online. This is very similar to Mad God with Phil Tippett, where it's just like, this dude did this in his basement. For 30 years. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay, so. but But 70%, I love that. And I yeah. Yeah. And also, there's some scores. I've been definitely checking out some other sites and mm. what people feel like they have to give it almost. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, because of the first one, people think that they have to like, wow, this is like right. clearly a 98. Yeah, yeah. This is this is almost 100%. Right. And they're five stars. It's not that. Right. You know? But okay. All right, Ben. So we're going to go through some of this. What's the first era called again? Uh, Showa. Okay. So the Showa era, there's one more, but that's towards the end of the era. Yeah. Okay. So let's go through real quick. These are some of our films worth a mention, but not worth a long review. So a year later, Godzilla raids again in 1955 comes out. And what? how do we find this one? <laughs> yeah. Well, these are all the ones that uh, I've, I've watched and I wasn't not going to do the work because right. I watched them. So <laughs> uh, it might just be one year later, but Monster Mania is here, folks. Um, Despite all my praise on the reflection of war and ambition from the first film, we are in full swing of the versus format that will structure nearly all of these movies moving forward. Uh, Luckily, it doesn't quite shake the horror feel around some of the monsters just yet. There is a very chipper 50s optimism that poorly, poorly contracts almost nearly everything I <laughs> praised in the first film. Uh, almost an eagerness to war. So I don't know if there was a little bit of one year later, Japan was feeling a little nationalist or, or what. But it also has probably the least to do with Godzilla out of any of his films. So it's really more about the story of the heroes that pull together and stand strong against Godzilla. Uh, and, you know, that that's a rabbit hole. But we'll definitely see Godzilla shift in and out of like protector of Japan rather than horror icon. Um, okay, that may, I guess that kind of makes sense. He becomes he comes a a, fr- a family friendly icon uh, for a lot of the show era, <laughs> which is 
exact opposite. Yeah, it's the exact yeah, talk opposite. Talk about missing the mark. <laughs> uh, so uh, the matchup might not be listed in the title, but we have Godzilla countered by the spiky armadillo-like kaiju Angerus. <laughs> We're gonna get some bad names. I don't know if I hate that name. Yeah, <laughs> spiky armadillo. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For kaiju notes, Godzilla looks a little bit more primal and also a little bit more disturbed for how radioactively lumpy he is. Mm. Um, and the introduction of introduction of Angerus is solid. I would say fights are just kind of like an up-close tussle. They're like patting each other down. <laughs> <laughs> That's also another thing where if you didn't like the effects and when it was just Godzilla, you're not going to like the effects for a lot of these when it's too many for our v, going for, for, for our versus movies, yeah. yeah. They're probably patting each other because they don't want to ruin the suits. They got to keep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Toho is so tight walleted. They're they're clutched on the coin purse <laughs> that they don't want to mess up these suits, regardless of <laughs> shit going at them. They're firing stuff at them. They that, mess up the suit. That's is my so funny main critique. It, I almost just wish Toho built an incredible, like it just built their own incredible Weta yeah, for yeah, the yeah. time. Oh, sure. And then just like factory them out. Even, yeah. even if you pick a new director and writer yeah. and stuff like that, like a new team. Absolutely. Just Use them. Use the in-house guys. Absolutely. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange. Yeah. But uh, it has a fer- ferociousness to it, especially around the destruction of miniature sets. Um, that's about it all I have. Uh, we're going to go ahead and give Godzilla Raids Again, 1955, a 45. Okay, 45. G- good dip. Good dip. <laughs> a good dip, but it yeah. could be way worse as well. We also get a, a lot of returning talent as well, which I think is why it's kind of held up a uh, that's little a, bit. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to jump. Uh, this is 1964, <laughs> so that's nine years. This is Mothra versus Godzilla. Yeah. Well, by no means is this a good movie <laughs> at all, <laughs> but it might have one of the most interesting human plots out of all these. A lot of these folks are going to boil down to what's going on in the human plot, what's going on with the monster plot. Okay, um, all right. In Mothra versus Godzilla, a mysterious egg washes up on Japanese shores and sparks a rivalry between local business owners wanting to monetize this freak occurrence and an investigative journalist trying to document the egg. And I think why I loved this plot was because for one of the only time in the series we get little government involvement. It's not about the government of Japan working against Godzilla or fighting against Godzilla. It's like a civil dispute, like of ownership rights of Mothra. Like <laughs> you like that? I kind of love that. I really do. Uh, it was it was an interesting way to go about it. Um, there's there's also this unique tone that the movie takes. That there's some genuinely funny moments, and it's meant to be funny. Um, Which again, uh, right? You think that'd right, be right. the poison pill for it? I mean, it, it is the poison pill for it, but. I, I think I think we were always ruined for this film. I was ruined for Mothra a little bit. <laughs> what you does know, Mothra I, look like again? What is our uh, uh, Mothra is a big moth. <laughs> right. Okay. That's right. That's right. Flying. Yeah. Flying creature. Yep. Yes. Flying creature. Also, Mothra is uh, a kaiju of her own fame, bringing in characters from other movies. We'll see this occasionally. Mothra, I believe, was a competing uh, kaiju franchise. Okay. And worst of all, there's just a lot of singing in this one. They're singing? Oh, yeah. Mothra has two uh, twin Japanese girls that uh, she has a song uh, that, that brings her about and... It's what? Like, Mothura. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, it's bad. So that's supposed to be the entrance, like this uh, spooky entrance song. Maybe. Uh, it doesn't work at all. Yeah, it's meant to be tropical. This is the this is the fun <laughs> one. This, this, we're in the fun ones now. Oh, so okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a, it's a, it's a cliff. Uh, maybe we just don't. Maybe you more than me, but I definitely don't understand Japanese culture. Maybe especially uh, in the sixties and fifties. Yes, this feels sixties in a way that, like, I don't know. Maybe like. 
the travel industry just, or something like that. They wanted it like to be a tropical resort. Or, it's I don't just know. the creature was born from from nuclear weapon, atomic bomb fear. <laughs> Nine years after the Holocaust, yeah, and we're yeah. singing and we're in tropics. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. But, uh, yeah, uh, that, that Mothra song will test your patience uh, by the end, folks. Uh, Kaiju notes, Godzilla, is he's got some real dumb eyes still. Uh, we're going to be plagued with the lazy eye for a while. Mothra, on the other hand, is pretty great in this, no joke. Godzilla is horrible. Uh, he's just a clumsy bitch in this. <laughs> he's just tripping all over the place. He doesn't even fight. He just trips. Um, which I guess is a quality that people enjoy. Um, there's like him messing up. Yeah, there, there was a lot of comments I found about the Showa era. Is just like, oh, thank God, Godzilla, not malicious, just clumsy. And like people were praising over so that. So people like clumsy Godzilla. <laughs> yeah, they want him to be like a dumb creature. I guess I, that do, that's where it doesn't work. So <laughs> I'm gonna squash that right now. I would say there's some some interesting developments in the impact of monsters. Of course, we get more extras in our running shots, but Mothra has this wind effect that really looks great, uh, almost like the um, atomic breath in the first one. It's just they they got it down how to translate it to film, even though of course that effect is nowhere close to actually happening. You know, the usual toys and jets still not looking great, but um, the real problem is the attacks never hit Godzilla. They are they are clenched. They do not want to damage this suit for so many years. So many years. We're going to have the same suit, you think? Oh, yeah. Just oh, no yeah. visual changes to the guy. Think, I, I don't think so. Wow. I, I mean, maybe they have one backup. <laughs> <laughs> I think they made three in the original. Yeah, they just did not want to damage the suit. And so when, like, you know, nonsense gunfire or tanks or missiles or anything, fire, it's just not hitting Godzilla. It's just like, man, hit the guy. <laughs> it's it's a Roman candle at best. I'm picturing in between scenes, he's got the head <laughs> off trying to drink a cup of coffee, yeah. and they're afraid he's going to spill it. Yeah. Oh! Jim's got to be in that next week. Yeah. yeah. That'll be the most racist thing I do on the podcast, by the way. (laughs) Oh, man. But um, unfortunately, the final battle seriously sinks the whole thing for me, and I was really rooting for this one. I thought this was a fun movie, especially in like a 60s fun way. Um, First half is very enjoyable, especially the characters, but main final battle is flat-out stupid and will be a letdown. It's just... All I'm going to say is string shot. That's it. Okay. We're going to go ahead and give Mothra versus Godzilla 1964 a 26. Ooh, I love it. I love it. 26%, <laughs> oh, you, baby. You just wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So we're in the same year. We're still in 1964. Yeah. I, they're just pumping them out. This is called Godira. No, Godira. Three, three-headed monster. Yeah, Godira. G- oh, Godira. <laughs> Godira. <laughs> what y'all know about Godira? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get our most hate on this episode. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but in the same year, '64, what's going on? Well, <laughs> this is a start of a trilogy uh, around King Ghidorah. <laughs> King Ghidorah is the big yellow three-headed dragon. If um... it's supposed to be the cool, like this is supposed to. Be oh cool. yeah, this is supposed to be like one of the main bad guys yeah. in Godzilla. And this one is really like the first Avengers movie of the Godzilla cinematic universe. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are so many in-universe characters now uh, by the point in '64 that it seriously feels a bit 
MCU-ish. Like, like multiple kaijus? Or, uh, uh, kaijus, multiple, kaiju. yeah, monsters brought into this. Uh, this is like a who's who, a little bit of monsters coming in. And Okay, and now we're getting separation of you have good monsters, bad monsters. Yes, yes. And you got team up. Uh, and or, Godzilla, that, uh, that's a great observation because yeah. that's what allows Godzilla to shift out a whore into more protector of Japan. Yeah, it, um, I, the swing of this creature is it, it's unreal. <laughs> right, it's, it loses it's, it's all unreal. Any any kind of any praise. It's just like it. Bond being a double agent work for the Russians now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they're gonna make that basically. jump. <laughs> but okay, all right. This is a quick movie. We'll, we'll be quick with it. Yeah, all yeah. Right. Uh, this is the first introduction of one of the biggest bad guys of the franchise, and sadly, it is probably one of the worst movies of the bunch. Uh, okay. Ghidorah is a golden three-headed dragon that shoots lightning. Really cool. Uh, he flies um, too, correct? Yeah, he flies. He does it all. He's he's able to survive in space. He's I mean, Ghidorah is awesome. Uh, and we are introduced to Rodan as well, a uh, pterodactyl monster with similar type of wind powers to Mothra. The plot here revolves around... <laughs> A nonsense, dimensional possession of Japanese monsters. I kid you not. They were <laughs> smoking some weed making this movie. It has some slight spy noir vibes, but it's no close to saving the movie. For kaiju notes, uh, they try to cut out some of the moving eyes for Godzilla, which predictably doesn't work. Uh, Rodan is terrible. He looks like an, uh, like a bad Batman cape. And who's Rodin again? Uh, the pterodactyl monster. Oh, right. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> What's going on there? <laughs> Ghidorah, I would say, for a first on-screen appearance, is amazing. He has a great intro, and while these three heads don't look great, they're you know they're clearly suspended by wires. I do yeah. legit love this design. I would say this design is one of the strongest creatures Toho has ever put out. At least for his immediate kind of presence on screen, he's so much more chaotic that separates him from other men in suits. You know, the the heads are always giant. There's a around. lot going on. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it looks chaotic. Like, you wouldn't want to approach this thing, you know, even if it was just a guy in a suit. <laughs> like, this, this guy's a problem. They probably, when uh, they made this creature, they probably were like, oh, oh wait, yeah. just, just, they wait, the you audience. Just wait. <laughs> <laughs> but, folks, it is almost a must watch for the fighting, believe it or not. This is the clearest so bad it's good I have ever encountered, I think. It is ridiculous. It really goes bananas. I mean, Tom, it has a staggering level of idiocy here. <laughs> uh, the monsters play rock volleyball at one point. What? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the monsters also have a f***ing debate on whether or not to <gasps> team up against Ghidorah. The monsters are like making yeah, monster like, noises <laughs> and their subtitles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I believe there are subtitles. <laughs> Let me say that again, folks. Rock volleyball and discussion to team up. Yeah, I mean, this sounds amazing. Yeah, this is. But this is one of the ones not even so bad you didn't watch it. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. this is on the better list. That's what I mean. I was really going through these. I was like, oh, Christ, I have to watch all 28. Because, <laughs> I mean, Lord knows. Lord knows how long. Low, it's gonna go. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Rock volleyball and, uh, <laughs> and debate. monsters debating. Yeah. Folks, this is a clear case of so bad it's good watch. And that's because I really don't think anyone should watch it in any other circumstances. We're gonna go ahead and give Ghidorah, three headed monster, 1964, a 10. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We are approaching on that one. That's a, folks, that's gonna be Tom's skin in the game, too. <laughs> just filling out the low end. Yeah. Filling out the low scores. This is really, yeah, this is gonna help out the Tom Daly's a lot, I think. <laughs> a 10 is approaching. It's 
This is second or third worst film on the daily ratings. I, 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 that, over that, a thousand that movies, right with me. Over a thousand movies rated. <laughs> this is one of the worst. That's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Wow, ten percent's bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now let's keep it going. This is just one year later in 1965. This is Invasion of Astro Monster. Something. <laughs> I feel like this is toying with you in a good way, almost. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, what's going on here? Are yeah. we? Is it a trilogy? I don't know. Real quick side story with one. I this Please. is one that I've actually seen. I was at a par- party in college, uh, and um, we put this on in the background, and I, I won't name him. Uh, and of course, it was it was horrific at the time. But someone had a seizure watching this movie. <laughs> this is the movie uh, that was on, and we finished it then. So, <laughs> so that's 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 wow. my experience with wow. Astro. Don't worry. I'm gonna. The score is ineffective. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's really important. Then don't now. worry. <laughs> um, invasion of the Astro Monster, sixty-five. Uh, this movie now continues the trilogy of three monsters around King. Uh, I'm sorry, three movies around King Ghidorah. But folks, it barely makes any sense at all because essentially they redo Ghidorah's origin in its own trilogy, and he's renamed Monster X. I mean, imagine if you're watching the Godfather trilogy and suddenly Michael Corleone is called Michael Tony X. Spaghetti. It's called Michael X. <laughs> Michael Tony X, Spaghetti. Yeah. <laughs> Michael X is better. I like that. Um, uh, it's like, why? It's your own trilogy. No one, no one was forcing you to so rebrand. So from Gadira or Godira. Yeah, Gadira. To X. To Monster X. Yeah. These are poor decisions. Very poor. These are poor decisions. You're right. This is where when you said, <laughs> do you, <laughs> how responsible should like Toho be to the quality I'll of put, the uh, Maybe we'll be canceled in Japan or will <laughs> take us off the, the, the apps, but uh, Toho are not good stewards of this monster, uh, and I'm just going to say it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> um, was it but, good? Uh, <laughs> definitely not. Oh, uh, <laughs> my God, does this film jump in the deep end of camp? We follow astronauts, exam- uh, astronauts investigating Planet X. And discover aliens with dark intentions for our lumpy, lazy-eyed boy Godzilla. This is the first film that I came across to actually have an English dub. It features the American actor Nick Adams, who is absolutely hysterical. He's such a bad actor, it's not even funny. <laughs> and what, can, who is he voicing? Uh, no, he's he's the main guy. He's actually an American actor in this. Oh, so oh, oh, they I made see. an English dub, and then they also made a Japanese dub where Nick Adams is overdubbed. So Okay, wow, okay. I mean, you can barely call this acting from Nick Adams. He looks like a combination of like a discount James Dean and Vladimir Putin. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's like that's that's the baby that is Nick Adams. So we need a police drawing of that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. Uh the aliens of Planet X, um, I'm sorry, they're called Zalians. Uh <laughs> I don't know if you were ready for that one, folks at home. Uh, and they're, they're kind of, I don't know, in campiness, I kind of like them, honestly. Um, this really has some original series Star Trek charm to it. No, that makes sense. Um, I think the poster for this one is also my favorite poster out of all of them. It looks uh, pretty wild. This is what we, yeah, the astronauts are on it. You got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. and uh, you get the aliens in the corner. And it does the, look pretty sick. Yeah, it's in space, you know. It's yeah. a drone, yeah. You're right. It's also key this this alien plot to less monster action and you'd think that'd be a bad thing at this point it's kind of a good thing right less monsters uh, is good yes uh there's more alien versus military action which trust me is a lot better than the kaiju action that we're getting into this point in the franchise aren't the aliens creatures though too uh no, they're just normal guys they're just they're, you know 
But they're aliens, uh, but not really. They're like humanoid. You know, that's where it's like uh, original Star Trek. Like they got like face makeup on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay, or they're gotcha. wearing sunglasses or some okay. shit. <laughs> so, but I like that stuff. I'm, I'm a, you know, you're pros alien. Yeah, I'm definitely pros alien. <laughs> For the kaiju notes, however, it is a big step down. Uh, there are some slight improvements to Godzilla's atomic breath and Ghidorah's lightning, which is certainly iconic. And this mainly has to do with more budget for the explosion VFX. A lot is still very bad and very on par with the previous film, which was uh, not good. Uh, <laughs> Godzilla has a victory dance at one point where he does like a. It's bad. I, can't, I, can't, I don't know. I'm trying. To, I, I, don't I can't know. describe it. Folks. It's a victory dance. Is he so. making C's with his body? Uh, yeah, doing, it's, yeah. It's almost like a YMCA. He's doing kind of a very thing. poor YMCA. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I kid you, kid you not. YMZA. <laughs> That's probably what they're doing. <laughs> I kid you not, though. It's it's still very clearly and so bad it's good territory. We're going to go ahead and give Invasion of the Astro Monster, 1965, a 19. A 19%. Wow. <laughs> Love me. You're gonna you're gonna get numb to how low the scores are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna wait, hoping they were good now. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, and we have one more before we get to our next big big one. Yeah, this is called Destroyer of all. Mo- oh no, Destroy All Monsters. Yeah, yeah. 1968. What do we get with this? Well, folks, it's the finale of the King Ghidorah trilogy, and finally a turning. Oh, they took point. a few years off. <laughs> yeah. Six, wow. Okay. 64, 65, and then 68. It's okay. also like asinine naming of these. This is really more of a, a benchmark sci-fi movie for the late 60s. Um, uh, there's much more of a serious sci-fi story here. And while it's a bit boring at first, I really did love the stakes. We get a series return of nearly every monster up until this point. You know, these monsters are in a frenzy because of Planet X's technology. Um, they are even alien sleeper cell agents in the human side of the story, which was awesome. And the human side of the story is is has stepped up quite a bit in this trilogy from uh, total trash to maybe acceptable, I don't know. <laughs> um, from totally helpless to traveling space to now straight up controlling all the monsters. We see a big technological jump here. And if anything, it feels like a modern Godzilla film where there is a build up to one big fight at the end. And, you know, that admittedly that final fight I thought was kind of semi-decent. This is the first in the trilogy to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, go so ahead, say we, it. Yeah, why don't we... yeah sorry about that. So, Tom, uh, we, we, for this special, we, we got an art book of all the Godzilla films for, like, some quick reference. Tom is pointing to one of the many cast members, which is the son of Godzilla, which is a baby Godzilla. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, he yeah. looks ridiculous. His atomic breath is like a burp, too. It's real bad. <laughs> I mean, he looks cute, kind of. <laughs> you're, you're... But it's like a very chubby E.T. Yeah. It's also, I mean, is it too early in 68 to throw the, the toy type of critique at this? I don't know, I, I have honestly. no I... Like, what's dry? Ooh. Who knows what's going on in 68 yeah. Japan, Tokyo at that time? <laughs> yeah, who knows? But the introduction of Baby Godzilla, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's one of many uh, in this. So, uh, But that final fight is pretty decent. You know, if the first in the trilogy is Avengers, uh, this is basically Infinity War Endgame uh, as a <laughs> slot here. Because it's everyone's, everyone up until 68 is in this movie. Are there a, a set number of kaiju? Uh, I think, yeah, I think we're well over 10 in okay. this, I think. But I mean, like, Toho didn't map this out, for the, and then they. They go off of that material. It's just like it, it just grows. Yeah. It's like, well, let's just, okay, we're going to rebrand. Yeah. Let's uh, just throw on some new ones. Absolutely. That type of deal. I okay. think by this point as well that they're, they're looking to pivot from 
instead of uh, adding in all of these side movies that are that are coming out yeah. that are clearly nothing, they want to kind of separate Godzilla a little bit, and we will definitely see that okay. with, with Mechagodzilla. Gotcha. So uh, let's talk about the, some of these, you know, the many, many kaiju heads. Uh, sadly, bullets still miss the monsters 99% of the time. Uh, it doesn't matter how filled the screen is, the bullets find a way to miss them. And it's just mind-boggling how they cannot get that down for so many movies. Uh, like, just wreck the suits. Yeah. Especially some of these lesser ones. Let's get some kills on screen. You know what I mean? Are we still on normal Godzilla suit? Oh, yeah. The OG <sighs> suit, for sure. For sure. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's unbelievable. I mean, maybe there's some adjustments into the 10-year or so gap from Godzilla Raids again to Mothra. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's the same suit. I'm <laughs> telling you, they, they, they kept this thing pristine. <laughs> Uh, as far as the fights go, uh, it's mostly environmental destruction for the majority of the film since the aliens kind of just force monsters to b- go berserk. You know, I, I found this uh, to be a letdown for how big the roster of monsters here. I thought this was going to be real, like, you know, as sh- shitty as it would be, a real brawl fest, and it's just not. Okay. Uh, the biggest praise I have here is actually pyrotechnics is, is up in a big way. I mean, they really had a budget. They just... <laughs> Explosions are massive, <laughs> like huge in this. But that's about as all I have to say for the Ghidorah trilogy. We're going to go ahead and give Destroy All Monster- Monsters 1968 a 33. 33. I mean, that's a big step up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And again, folks, there's more coming out in these years. Like there, between 65 oh, yeah. and 68, there are Godzilla movies that are coming out. Yep. It's just they're so bad, Vin didn't even bother to watch them. Yeah, uh, it's certainly research into it. There's a few. Um, Godzilla versus Hedera uh, is one that... Uh, was really close to the list, but, you know, I don't know. So when you're at 15, it's okay. We can cut some. <laughs> exactly. All right, so let's go on to our next big film. Okay, so we're still in the same era, but this is closing out the era. This is 1974. This is Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla. Sorry, oh, geez. Godzilla versus <laughs> Mega Godzilla, directed by Jean Fukuda. Let's just get into it right away. What separates this from kind of that lower end schlock that we just talked mm. about? And let's get into it. Well, uh, folks, it only took us 20 years to get another good Godzilla film. <laughs> 20 years on the dot, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's that, there's that. But don't expect any of the same talking points of the first film. This movie rocks, but it's <laughs> largely because of the campiness uh, of how it works. Um, and largely that campiness kind of avoiding being a poison pill for the film. The horror elements and the dramatic plot of the first film gone, without a doubt, it makes it a classic, but this movie gets a re-roll on some of the goofy elements of the Ghidorah trilogy and knocks it out of the park. I mean, this is a great movie. Really? Uh, It might be silly to chase some of what makes that first film timeless, but wow, is this finally a good monster movie. This feels like a monster movie okay. in that way. So I watched clips of this one, and I almost was surprised that was making the list based on based on what I was seeing, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to be honest about it. Sure, sure. Uh, but you're saying it's our story beats, uh, yeah. and, and basically what it's trying to be, it's like, no, 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 no. This is what we're doing now. It's it's really goofy, but it's goofy in a good way. And and that's such a razor thin line mm. that all of these films try to walk. And I'm telling you, only the first Mechagodzilla makes that okay, successful. All right. 
Uh, and it's if anything, it's very close to not working. Uh, um, if almost every moment of is that right? it's not working, but I feel like it's on a razor's edge. Mechagodzilla, there's there's just something to it. Um, in Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, we are reset to a point where the appearance of Godzilla means total destruction for anyone around him. This is also important as well because we, the film uh, series, will reset itself many many times to not include the continuity of previous films, whether they good were good or bad. Instead of technological might. The Japanese are beaten to the point that they are relying on an ancient prophecy to help them. That prophecy is about a monkey-like kaiju named King Caesar. Uh, and uh, the film balances an interesting theme of science versus spiritualism throughout the whole time. Okay, down. Yeah. I'm with it. it. Interesting. But this desperation is well-deserved because Godzilla has been acting more and more erratically, including viciously seeking out other monsters to seemingly test his strength out of nowhere, where everyone knows he's the king of monsters. Part of why this film is so great is the priority on action. And that's what I mean. Like, this is the first good monster movie in this kind of versus format. This is monster v. monster. Exactly. It's what you're here for. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and it's that priority on action. It um, was a disappointment, by the way, for our latest Godzilla vs. King Kong, U- sure. U.S. version, where you were like, it only comes at the end. It's, yeah. It's not really a monster movie. And that's a lot of modern Godzilla movies, definitely the American ones, where they just build up towards the very end. Yeah. Where Godzilla, it's kind of got to be a brawl throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Mechagodzilla is. Uh, this means we don't have to sit through an hour of human plot, and uh, most most importantly, we don't have to wait to the introduction of our main conflict and threat. The pacing is what it gets to what we want to see, and I think again, action pacing. This is where it's a cut above. In our opening fight sequence, we see a classic rematch from the second film, Godzilla versus Anguirus. But something is immediately wrong. Godzilla seems to be fighting dirty. It's like. <laughs> What's going on with Godzilla? Hero of Japan, what's going on? Godzilla doesn't seem to be scrapping with Anguirus for territory or anything animalistic in any sort of way. Something is very wrong with our boy Goji. It seems he wants to kill. Following his uh, his his most vicious instincts to to completely eliminate his kaiju brother in a moment of rage Godzilla grabs Angris's jaw and snaps it open giving our first and most brutal kill of the series wow this is a kill this is why Mechagodzilla is worth okay. your time. All right. Okay. Uh, to think of how big that roster is, especially when you go to destroy all monsters. I mean, it really is like an endgame type of thing. Yeah. You know? But he doesn't really destroy when it all. No one dies. Everyone just I... wanders off after the kind. Eh, you know, they go oh, really? back to their corners of the earth. They go back to their caves in the earth. So I didn't know that at all yeah. with the series because you would just think, because of the terror and the threat that Godzilla is, I mm. thought he was a killing machine. I thought that's the whole point. No, I, right, right. Wow. He'll, he'll beat them to submission. Uh, and, right. and definitely part of that is, again, Toho, think about it this way in a business perspective. Toho has an icon. They want families going to the movies. They want they want well, Godzilla to be a a not in the a, beginning of a the, hero. Of, right, 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 exactly. Right. This is the, the the power of money to, I mean, this to is, sway any kind of artistic merit. We're getting into ratings now, and at least in the states, this was rated G. Yeah. this one. So that's right. what we're dealing with here. Right, but there's only one logical conclusion here. This Godzilla is an imposter, and only the real Godzilla will oh be able to stop God. his go- doppelganger, Mecha Godzilla. Ah. 
Um, it, it, the reveal of this, I don't want to rob too much from the thunder of this film. The reveal of this is so great. I really mean this. I loved this movie. It was so good. Just, it, it's very camp. I mean, it's it's probably the most campy. It's the most uh, hammed up. But uh, I'm telling you, it just it. It had its priorities straight where it needed to be and allowed for that campiness, which is a, I mean, if you think about okay, it, I, Robot Godzilla, I, I think by, what is this, uh, 70, 74. 74, that's definitely like a trope that's been done in TV and just like, oh, he's a robot or, you know, it's my evil twin or something like that. How this is done and how this is revealed to subvert our expectations of a Godzilla movie is so great. So great. Okay. I, I'm a little lost for words. <laughs> Uh, because it sounds like this movie could be absolute trash. <laughs> so I, 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 I don't know. It's very close to. It's very close. So to it's always trash. riding on that edge, but somehow it's pulling it off. In the sense that every show of movie rides on a razor thin line and usually falls. Yeah, it usually yeah, doesn't yeah. do well. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I will say it's an hour and twenty four. Yeah. As well. So talk about pacing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but uh, okay, I'm very surprised by this. Uh, the human side of the plot is another win for the film. Uh, there is this James Bondish plot that shows us uh, the space threat that is behind Mechagodzilla. This includes a literal mustache twirling bad guy who is the supreme leader of all aliens that built this monstrosity. Uh, and not that we get a lot of highlights in this area, but fight choreography of all things in the human plot, is pretty excellent. There is a fight that is exclusively people throwing chairs at each other. <laughs> it is amazing. It is so good. Watch it is this a chair. Yeah, I know, yeah, this, this should have been. That's why it's on the list. That's why it's absolutely, on the list. Absolutely, absolutely. This is, this is worth the watch. But seriously, folks, the, the campiness, the corniness, like I said already, is on a razor-thin line uh, that most of these films fail at. Not this one, though. The balance is perfection uh, that creates a fun, breezy story that has all its priorities in the right place, uh, creating a new, fresh challenge for Godzilla and spotlighting the action we are all here to see. That's the priorities mm. of the film. Let's flip Godzilla what we know a little bit. It's, certainly it's hammy. Certainly it's a little bit soap opera-ish. And then let's focus on that action of why Godzilla's on his heels after so many years of being invulnerable uh, to gunfire to anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? It actually challenges Godzilla. Let's quickly talk about some dated elements uh, of the film uh, I, I personally love, but definitely might be a blemish for most viewers. <laughs> As with most, most of these, I recommend the original Japanese dub, but we do get a hysterical English dub oh, here. Oh, God, it's got to be terrible. Uh, it really could sink or swim, if, especially if you watch this like first-time English dub. I think that English dub could be the so bad it's good, or even one of the tips to push it off that razor-thin line. Right, right. I, I would almost say it, watch it in the Japanese version, right? You really should try, so. unless you, unless you're so, so anti subtitle. Yeah, exactly. But these are so bad that it turns into a whole different movie. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's when dubs were not handled correctly, which arguably could be for decades. Honestly, sure. Yes. So. Yeah. I'm also pretty sure Japan is on like a five-year delay stylistically. Uh, the editing choices here are bold and right out of 1969, which. 
after the last few episodes, Tom, I, I've kind of become an expert on 1969 <laughs> film. Uh, but in a very good way. You can see the influences of, of American film on this. Its editing is wild. There's shaky cams to action sequences, which oh, I think is simple cool. but good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, uh, there's great snap zooms that create a delicious cheesy feel to act to oh reaction boy. shots i really do i love it i love it so much i gotta watch this one <laughs> but lastly let's talk about the kaiju uh mecca or otherwise i think finally finally we get some decent fights where godzilla is being hit suits are being damaged um so done with the era they know they're gonna rebrand right, soon yeah, yeah exactly but <laughs> under, all right let's let's get rid of them there's a tax write-off or something Alongside the first true monster kill of the series, we get some awesome blood and gore, which does not show up too much in any of these movies. That's good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Some serious destruction and multiple fights show how this is a cut above really anything in the Showa era. Uh, Godzilla's design is a perfect amount of ridiculousness especially with his flamethrower nostrils and missile fingers. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that goes to the poster. I mean, th- this is another dynamite poster. It definitely it. comes off a little anime. <laughs> yeah. Or Power Rangers. I get Power Ooh, Ranger vibes. Yes. And Big another, time from Godzilla. That's that's the Rosetta Stone. That's the, oh, that <laughs> that's, right? <laughs> that's the DNA. Because obviously Power Rangers and that type of fighting action show, it's miniatures. Right, right. It's Yeah, it's guys in suits. Best of all, Tom, this is a very good showing for our main man, Gojira. In no way is this the clumsy bullshit we see for so many entries in this era. Mm. They aren't really afraid to rough up the suits, and in a slight step for- towards progress for the series, we also see the first movie where the uh, the suit actors are fully credited, which, yeah, brownie points, but I really did like that. I, I think that was a, uh, something I could yeah, appreciate. Yeah, I would say finally. <laughs> yeah, right. Especially since it's the same guy in the suit. Right, exactly. Which is crazy, yeah. Exactly. Folks, there are more movies in the Showa era of Godzilla than any other era, uh, and largely it's for worse uh, because it is quantity over quality. But this film captures everything it has going for it so perfectly. Dramatic, horn-filled music. Again, mm. the Showa era, if it's anything, you listen to that music, man. It is great. Music's cool, yeah. Yeah. Uh, a silly alien plot line, but again, it just works because you kind of have a singular James Bond bad guy. Uh, and a campy rivalry between two monsters with great fights to boot and a priority on fights. This is the classic Godzilla we are looking for and well worth your time from the Showa era. We're going to go ahead and give Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla 1974 a 71. Wow, okay, 71. And, and, you know, these are pretty good movies then. I mean, if you're in the 70s, well, these when are you pretty say good these? movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> two. Well, you talk about where we come from. I mean, geez, yeah, 70s yeah. are looking like 90% practically. Right. Um, I love it. I, and there is a movie that came after this. The last film in the, in the mm. was Terror of Mechagodzilla. Didn't even make even the, the big list. So oh, no, no. I, it did. Oh, it did? Yeah. <laughs> no, the 1975 one? Yeah. That's Terror of Mechagodzilla. Shit, that wasn't even wrong. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't write it down. Okay, all right. 
Uh, two, before we finish up, um, the norm, this one we just watched, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla. Yes. Two things. Are we having returning characters? Are we having like our, the same scientists, familiar faces? Uh, no, definitely not. Okay. Uh, it could be stronger, but maybe that trying to be some sort of seriousness to it, it would distract from the campiness and the corniness of the movie. Because this is saying Akahiku Hirata was in this, the uh, eye patch doctor. Yes, I, I think he's in it uh, for like a reference video oh, of okay. the Okay, original, right. like oxygen destroyer type of stuff. And then, as far as are we dealing with companies starting to own these monsters still, or are we government? Uh, like, like you were talking oh, about. Oh, no. That's pretty much only Mothra that we don't okay. get the Japanese government versus Godzilla in some capacity. Okay, gotcha. So, the scientist, we're, this is, we're back to government stuff. Then. Uh, yeah, it's basically government versus the evil alien monsters trying to brainwash uh, <laughs> real Godzilla <Okay>. versus Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> okay, folks. And then. Total uh, camp. Total total fun time with okay. this. Okay. All right. So that was six. No, I'm sorry. That was 74. Okay. So a year later, we have Terra of Mechagodzilla, 1975. Mm. And how does this close out the Showa era? Well, yeah, not to not to crash and burn after such heights with the last film, but yeah, this film is terrible and and really illustrates that it is just such a fine act, uh, which what I what I personally believe what works and what doesn't in this in this film landscape for the Showa era. Um, while it might be a sour note to end the show era, uh, it's an important film to cover because it puts Godzilla in hibernation for a decade after this release. Part of why this movie is so bad is just piss-poor human plot. Honestly, night and day for to follow up one of the series' best Godzilla films. As a sequel, the premise is interesting enough. It's uh, creating a power struggle between political factions obsessed with Mechagodzilla's remains from the last film. But it's just slow as molasses. This is where I mean, I mean, though you might not be able to wrap your head around Mechagodzilla being that good... There's, there's, uh, it's in the execution. It's mm. the pacing. It's not bullshitting around. It's getting to monster fights. Right, right. Uh, this, it's just like, oh my god, we're just like, it's soap opera acting, being overly dramatic, and just lacks any fun or energy. Like a totally uh, different movie. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, because I feel like the pitfall for the show era is either being too good, too uh, too too good, yeah. too silly for its own good, or trying to chase original Godzilla and failing at it because it doesn't have the horror priority. Right, okay. I didn't expect or need the James Bond camp of the last one, but this movie is boring as shit and uh, with none of the action to back it up either. Uh, speaking of that kaiju action, City Destruction is at a new peak, which is pretty good, and a peak for the for the era. Okay. You can see the budget and the VFX work is a steady incline through the show era. Fights between monsters, once again, we get a switch up. It's like wrestling this time. Uh, oh, so, so super physical. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Godzilla is like uh, having like a Muhammad Ali wow. uh, bounce. Uh, to- <laughs> It's like, what? Oh, my God. Uh, a lot of punches, a lot of throws. Um, I wouldn't call it vicious, but uh, I personally was really missing the blood on screen. Even it, all things the same, they got I, rid of the blood. Why the big switch up? Yeah. I mean, these turns, these 90-degree turns are <laughs> yeah. taken are wild. It is. It Absolutely really is. Absolutely wild. And it's weird that you're keeping Mechagodzilla in one in the story and on the title because you'd think you'd be coming for round two, kind mm. of same, just built upon uh, normal Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yep. It not. No. 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 
The biggest problem the movie has is monsters just kind of show up off screen. There is often no establishing shots, so it makes it feel all the more fake seeing a a guy in a monster suit suddenly just walk on a miniature set. Right, yeah. Uh, Like I said, those folks, this is the film to end the show era and put Godzilla in hibernation for a decade. Um, I can safely say it goes out with a whimper and further illustrating how fine that balancing act can be with these old films. We're going to go ahead and give Terror of Mechagodzilla 1975, a 20 on the dot. Wow, okay. Man. (laughs) And then, okay, so let's then talk about the 10-year gap. Was it starting to be not financially successful? Is there a reason why we go into hibernation? Or do they start more with TV or comics? Or I I think Godzilla is still definitely in the the entertainment space, even if anything, moving still along with the hero of Japan type of depiction Uh of Godzilla. Uh, But I just think it's probably just series burnout this time. I mean, you look at the headcount of how many films they put out. It is insane. Yeah, I think think people were legitimately burnt out. And um, it's a good break because going into 84, we get a good jump in special effects as well. What other major properties might we have from them? From around this era or at all? Okay, there's the answer, folks. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> you put me on the spot. But the point is the fact that it's not top of mind. It's just like, well, maybe they were working on this during this 10-year sure, period. Maybe they were sure. building up this franchise. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like Godzilla is their baby. Yeah, it, it is It is Godzilla. I, I guess it looks like they do a lot of anime during this time. Uh, they move into it. And also Toho's big in TV series as Yeah, they well. do. Yeah, I know they did TV. Yeah. But I I also, think... they also did Godzilla TV stuff, right? Yes, they did. Yeah. Yes, they did. And that's, again, some of the family-friendly stuff. But um, <laughs> I guess they did a, a bad take on Wizard of Oz in 82. <laughs> <laughs> so. so they were busy. They had some time. Yeah. But okay, so we take a 10-year gap of Godzilla films. They come back in 1984 and they must know that they got to do something special too mm. a total rebrand and let's this is this, absolutely this is after pierce brosnan bond franchise is in peril <laughs> daniel craig comes in we need a rebirth it was casino <laughs> Royale type deal. Whatever. <laughs> all right so so we this is 1984 this is the return of godzilla Let's get into it right away. What sets this apart? How do we re-enter into this is the Heise era? Uh, Heisei. Heisei era. Yep, Heisei. Uh, I know. <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, the return of Godzilla, folks, this is a big one. Uh, after a decade in hiatus, hiatus, Toho understood that the more years passed, the higher the expectation was growing for the inevitable return. And in an effort to break away from... Uh, the stylistic leanings of the Showa era, campiness and all, Godzilla needed to reshape his image. Mm-hmm. In the Showa era, like we talked about extensively now, Godzilla largely became a protector of Japan as the business pressure of having a mascot and widespread appeal of clearly the biggest hit to ever come out of Japan created a need for more family-friendly movies and more mass appeal movies. This compromises a lot of the movies that we never even covered for this special, yeah. especially involving anything with the son of Godzilla, which uh, Tom, Tom encountered uh, for the first <laughs> the jump scare of a small child-sized boy Goji. <laughs> this new era, it has new horror priorities, fueled by new practical effects that the monsters will be 
honestly, honestly thriving in. Uh, the Hisei era would be known for one thing, and it is amazing monster design. Uh, this is really like a sweet spot for the series, yeah. uh, for the franchise. A, a total redo of Godzilla as well. We got yep. a new suit, which is which is great. <laughs> which is big. And when you just look at the comparison, to that jump in 10 years, you could, man, they it, you could probably feel the heaviness of it of the time. Mm. Like, whoa, this is a big one. The original title is just Gojira, yes. by the way. Yes. It just goes to show. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we, we've got to do something. And it's 84, so it's the 30th anniversary, too, yep. of the creature. Yeah, and, and Toho historically tries to do a lot of things with these big decade anniversaries for mm-hmm. Godzilla. Which I love. Uh, none is more successful than uh, Godzilla 84, you can largely call it. Okay. Um, in the plot, Godzilla re- Godzilla's return is met with immediate political unrest uh, and a nation's power struggle. Uh, why this is so striking as a sequel, folks, uh, to Godzilla 54 specifically, is that the Japanese government wants to cover up any evidence of Godzilla returning. Their understanding is that the return of Gojira not only means the threat of destruction, he also instantly becomes the largest military asset on the planet. Mm. I can't say this is explored beyond surface level, but the themes of ambition and temptation from the Japanese to use Godzilla is yet another reason why this is the true sequel to Godzilla 54. Ah, okay. Uh, this is the real the real era here. They're thinking critically, almost, I mean, I don't want to get too highbrow with it, but in a renaissance type of way. Yeah. They're seeing this brand, they, they are saying to themselves in the boardrooms probably, what is going back, let's go back to the original. What was the big hit for, you know, from the start? What are the qualities that we can incorporate into the new Godzilla? And it had to be a large shift, too, of just like, okay, we need to make a decision. Do we want to be for kids mm. or do we want to be for adults, yep. too? And they went the adult route. Absolutely. Uh, we're in the 80s now, so this political power struggle is fueled by the Soviets and the U.S. added to the mix, putting Japan in the middle of a Cold War struggle with neither side invested in the safety of the country. Uh, seriously, folks, I mean, I think this plot was so much more serious, scientific, and modern. It, it, it was, it was, it, it really couldn't be more refreshing, especially mm. coming off of so much shit, <laughs> so much actual shit movies. I mean, wow. Uh, it truly feels like a totally different film from anything previously, previously offered in the era of Showa. Uh, I frankly think this story is handled and how it is handled as a triumph, uh, both for breathing new life into the Japanese horror icon and also creating a meaningful story in the design of a monster film. There is thought put into how people will see Godzilla besides just a destructive threat. And Mm. I feel like that's very interesting, uh, once again, in the kind of viewing of this as a direct sequel to Godzilla 54. Man, I love that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Best of all is the Kaiju Notes. In a landmark development for the series, destruction and miniature sequences feature no more toys. That's probably the biggest <laughs> mark for turnaround. Uh, what are they doing instead? Instead, uh, it's replaced with a lot of impressive footage of all types of military vehicles. The Hisei era honestly has a bit of a fetish for showing military technology and constantly stitching footage of cannons firing, rocket batteries unloading, and a full-fledged Japanese military. Might seem simple. What, they just got cut to some stock military footage? It makes all the world when your comparison is toys. Right. I mean, these are real tanks firing that we're seeing. And yes, it's edited together. 
yes, does it, uh, or rather, no, does it feel like they're next to Godzilla? No, but it, there is a, a care put in there to kind of stitch together a reality of something actually hitting Godzilla, and they hit Godzilla most of all. <laughs> they I, hit this boy. I think that's great. And even though they, I mean, they do use some miniatures and stuff, and he's finally getting into bit like when he's around mm. the buildings yes. and all that. But where it was so toy heavy, I would prefer what you just said, which mm-hmm. is okay. We're doing real shots, yeah, and then it's just an edit thing of focus a shot on the actual weapon, mm-hmm. taking a shot, yeah, and then edit the cut sh- to Godzilla, right, getting cut to hit Godzilla getting hit. I can understand how it doesn't feel like ne- necessarily that the closeness is necessarily mm-hmm. there. I would prefer that way over sure. just that the, just the fake toy, blatantly yep. obvious, yep. that we used that we were getting. And, and and the tone of this film, I mean, it's just such a such an opening. Uh, the Return of Godzilla is not exactly a reboot, but almost a direct sequel to Godzilla 1954. And talk about a ten out of ten opening sequence. You know, yeah. our our title sequence lingers on a shot of bubbling lava with a fantastic soundtrack playing over it foreboding almost a cyclical aspect to the destructible force of nature that is Godzilla. Speaking of that soundtrack, uh, I'm going to butcher, butcher his name, but uh, Reijiro Kokuru? Uh, Sounds great to me. <laughs> He's not going to try it. Reijiro <laughs> Koroku. There we go. Yeah, Koroku. Uh, he absolutely kills it here. Uh, another uh, area where this franchise, you, you feel like you've, you've experienced it all. You feel like... Um, the tone of Godzilla is so set in stone, and mm-hmm. immediately the feel of this is unfolding in front of you as something new. This was, without a doubt, one of the strongest soundtracks of the franchise, and an immediate vi- vinyl buy from me. I mean, like this oh, was good. Like, on the spot. And I will say, I mean, that's awesome because the one good thing that this has for a lot of these films is the soundtrack mm-hmm. behind it. Yeah, the sound is always pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. So if this sticks out, I can't wait to kind of go through and listen to it then. Absolutely. Yeah. The, but but uh, going back to what you were saying with the with, with stitching just military footage together, this was needed because if the film is going to separate once again from its usual versus format, what needs to be real? It's a human opposition. It needs to be overhauled for the new generation. Yeah, yep, and more than even just my critiques of it has to hit the suit. It has to hit Godzilla for it to feel real for us. Yeah. You know? They needed to make a threat out of the human opposition and stitching in real military footage. Again, just rocket batteries just going at it, cannons going. Like, it's simple, but it does so much to actually say, oh, maybe Godzilla's on the rocks here. And yeah. how is he getting hit exactly? Are we seeing blood? Is it just like they bounce off his rubber suit and it's, it's like, whoa, yeah, kind of knocks him off balance? We get some smoldering, if I remember. Unfortunately, no blood. Blood is the real outlier for the series. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll get some blood occasionally. Uh, in actually the next film, there's uh, there's some green blood. Okay. I don't know. They just didn't want to do it. So <laughs> uh, Godzilla is presented wonderfully here. It's really all in the film craft, folks. In addition to the first design overhaul of the suit in 30 years, he is shown in this slow pace shots, low on Godzilla to maximize his size. And you think that's a no-brainer, but really, camera angles like that were not done on these miniatures mm, right, before. Right. The suit now has animatronics uh, for lip snarls and facial animations. Uh, his eyes are still a little bit goofy. We're not <laughs> out of it just yet. <laughs> but it's uh, kind of fixed in a new mean stare possible from the tech inside the suit. Mm. And uh, honestly, folks, rejoice. Uh, the best thing of all is that the gunfire hits the suit. They are not afraid to mess this thing up a little bit. And alongside the new presentation for Human Forces, it has impact needed to follow through. Again, it, it's it's on top of 
making the humans actually stand up against Godzilla. It's actually seeing him challenged in a way to keep you engaged as you're watching this thing. But it, it really is needed, even in the miniature sets and in, in the cities, to actually feel like we're watching an action sequence other than sparks flying around Godzilla. It's got to hit Godzilla, right. you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's what you want. Uh, it's honestly a dream come true. I can't tell you how cathartic it was to watch so many Godzillas get it wrong and then have this film not only update the formula so perfectly, but really understand the lessons of that original film. Uh, I think it's mind-blowing how some of the shots in this film were never done previously for the other movies, and it adds such substance to this experience. I feel like if the storyline and what it means to the film coming out so recently after the bombings for the first film is why you should watch it, uh, this film, it, the substance here is in the execution of how Godzilla is presented. There is so much care in kind of stitching together reality, regardless of a man in suit or not, to really sell the horror of Godzilla to a new generation. From the global stakes to the presentation of the action, and most of all, the horror itself, and this one is not only one of the all-time greatest sequels, but in my belief, the best Godzilla film. We're going to go ahead Whoa. and give The Return of Godzilla, 1984, an 80 on the dot. Wow, 80 on the dot. I think this is a great movie. God, for a film in the 80s, too. Fantastic. Yeah. I think this is a great movie. I love the idea that if you want the true sequel to the mm. film 30 years before, to the very first Godzilla, yeah. this is the one to jump to. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's so. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And good for Toho actually knocking it out. We'll see actually for their 50th anniversary them really fall short with that. So, you know, they well, actually were able that's next year. To... That's the big boy. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, no, no, no. The 50th anniversary is uh, 2004, and we'll touch on... It's called oh, Godzilla right. Final okay, that's Wars. That's right. I'm sorry. So uh, the, uh, the 60th... No, the 70th anniversary is next year. Which is why they must be coming out with that one that's in production oh, right now. Oh, for minus one. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah maybe there'll yeah. be a big one. Who knows? Yeah. But wow, 80% mm. on a Godzilla film. Okay. I'm telling you, Return of Godzilla is where it's at. Okay. You Did know you- what this reminds me of? And, I, and I'm, I haven't seen these movies in so long, but like the first Superman movie where like they put in hmm. like Marlon Brando and like they went really serious about it and they were trying to make like almost like an Oscar winning superhero movie sure. in that first uh, in that first Superman that's what Return of Godzilla feels like it take feels it like the, take it to the Nolans yeah after yeah. Um, George Clooney's Batman sure, absolutely you know what absolutely. I mean absolutely so it, it feels uh, like, like they that. are really being uh, having a concerted effort around making a, a, a serious Godzilla film and Good. again returning to this kind of renaissance approach of like wait what worked back then because I know it's not the space yeah, and alien also monsters un- <laughs> understanding the concept which you brought up earlier which is quantity does it over quality mm. and just give us quality. Yeah. Now, <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> let's go through some of these quick ones here that just don't hold up quite as much. Yeah, so, we're, we're, it's going to be a long stretch until the last time we, uh, <laughs> we, we touch on a highlight. So basically, that was in 84, entering yeah. in the new era. We're going to jump five years ahead to 1989, and you're going straight to Godzilla versus Biollante. Now, Biollante. Biollante. <laughs> I think Biollante is, is totally fine. And now, is this a proper five-year gap with Godzilla? Are there uh, other films before this? Or No, proper five-year. Actually, okay. one of the greatest things that the Hisei era does is because the suit designs and creature designs are so intense, they actually force themselves to have some breaks. That's in good. It, which is great. Yeah, because, folks, it's really not so much man in suit anymore. It is a full on animatronic. Mm. This just popped in my head, but like Rainforest Cafe esque. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> like, you know, they, they go all out for the elephants or something like that. Yeah, we got to approach Toho with our own Godzilla <laughs> Forest Cafe. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Just yelling all the time. <laughs> yelling the constantly. Thing. Yeah, Mothra flying around. Oh, and stuff. there you go. That would be an incredible That's great. take on the Rainforest Cafe. <laughs> um, anyway, but good. We're taking actual breaks. They yes. don't feel like they need to pump them out left and right. Yeah. So anyway, this is Godzilla vs. Bailante in 1989. <laughs> and are we still sticking with adult theme or are we just on a roller coaster? I again? think so. Yeah, definitely okay. horror themed. Uh, a lot of these just are, insp- you just feel like they're inspired by John Carpenter, by uh, James Cameron's Aliens. Uh. And yeah, you just feel like it's, it's, it's trying to be like an 80s horror uh, for sure. So Love it. Uh, well, folks, uh, you know, this, this five-year lag of Japan being five years behind stylistically <laughs> must hold true because the 80s is here. We get a new funky pop remix of the Godzilla theme. Ooh, yeah, thank you. No, thank you. was right. Um, I'll say a lot holds up when it comes to action and design here. And if anything, for this and our next entry, the creature design might be really some of the best of the series. Um, but a lot falls apart in execution here. Biolanti is a plant kaiju. Giant he looks ridiculous. <laughs> he looks it's like ridiculous. Like little shop of horrors, like a uh, little <laughs> fucking talking plant. You know, we we discover Biolanti as a bioweapon created by a scientist, spurred to madness by the loss of his daughter. Uh, the technology just used in this story is wild. There is a psychic ESP lab that predicts events, like straight out of, like minor- Minority Report or something like that. <laughs> Kaiju strikes. We have radioactive eating plants to deal with the fallout from giant monsters. Uh, and there's some decent sci-fi concepts here for sure, but without the camp of the Showa generation... Mm. I feel like these concepts, they almost take themselves too seriously, and believe it or not, they come off a little bit boring. Oh, wow, okay. And uh, I wish the horror could step up a little bit more, but this is another, you know, you'd be surprised how many of these films just make you wait a solid hour before they give you any juice. You can almost say that's almost how the modern-day era ones are. Oh, absolutely. Especially the U.S. ones. Absolutely. But at least you're in a modern-day kind of storytelling yeah. kind of deal. There's something There's something else there. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, and, and again, just to return and if anything, you know, slightly defend my pick for Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla is that again, it's it's all killer, no filler. Yeah, uh, we're right yep. down to it, and, and we're right down to it with a villain introduction too. I mean, if you really look at like this hour wait time, it's like we have to wait now for the Godzilla. Then we gotta wait like another well, twenty minutes for Godzilla's threat. You know, it, it would be okay if the story behind it was great. If you had the right. great human elements, the great government elements, sure. That's just that. It's a dynamite plot. Last film with the mm. return of Godzilla, where mm. it's like okay, we, the fact that the government's trying to keep him secret, yes, one from the public because they can use him as their own weapon, mm. but two, keep it from the U.S. and Russia because yep. they don't want them getting involved to try to destroy him. Sure. That right there is an electric plot. Yeah. I'm okay with setup there. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to give us just a trash story yeah. and making us wait for the monster mm-hmm. and the villain, then it's just nothing there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, um, it's just empty, wasted space. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. It's just, um, yeah, it just, it's, just, it's all filler, no killer. Yeah. The exact yeah. opposite <laughs> of it. So, uh, as for the kaiju notes, Godzilla is looking a little bit more sea otter ish. He's a little, 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 little cracking shells on his, on his little belly. <laughs> I don't know what's up with his face uh, in this and the next film, but sea otter is, I think the lip is, the upper lip is too big. It's too, like. They change him that much from the 84. Yeah. I, and I think. I think it's because it probably either more animatronics or trying to do a better job to yeah. the animatronics. Well, the eyes look a little bit different. A little bit, a little bit. 
We're getting there. We're, <laughs> we're I'm, get, oh. I'm starting to receive resembles now of what we're used to seeing. It's also amazing eyes. that eyes are such a pain point for all of these movies. They can be though. It's like what? Well, you can you could you could sell somebody's soul from their eyes. <laughs> <laughs> the eyes tell it all, Vin. They tell it all. Possibly, I would say it's an issue in this film. This cedar cedar aspect in, is how lighting is done. Uh, if anything, with Return of the Godzilla, it's like all night, which is great. Yeah, it just helps. Uh, it. Makes it look, yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, makes the stitching between military footage look better. All that stuff. Uh, but here, there's just uh, there's a lot of um, there's uh, there's just bad, poor lighting, not flattering lighting. Uh, while Biolanti is uh, initially underwhelming in monster design, I would say the final form is really fantastic, and without a doubt, a highlight of the whole movie. This also being a plant from a production standpoint gets an excuse for a lot of fake gore, and there's a lot of just popping green blood everywhere, okay. which I liked. You know what I mean? Yeah, something uh, at least. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think my, my just to elaborate on my point with blood is that I'm not that I want a gross movie or a violent movie in just the same way that they gotta hit the suit with the sparks or the Roman candles you gotta see impact and blood is impact from yep. a dude otherwise smacking another dude absolutely you know? absolutely uh, it sells the illusion of it uh, this is, introduces a lot of water combat for some reason which just does not play great with the actors in suits <laughs> worst of all the textures on the suits just look extra plasticky when they emerge from the water that makes so, sense again lighting the water it's just yeah so overall I would say it lives up to the Heisei VFX when it comes to creature design but falls short nearly everywhere else. We're going to go ahead and give Godzilla versus Biolanti, 1989, a 47. 47, yeah, that's a big dip. That's, that's a, big, a dip. big dip. Now, okay, so we're going to keep on going. We jump past a few of them now. Mm. And from what I can tell, is just there's a little bit more gore introduced and everything yep. like that. They're kind of trying, maybe working on the creature a bit. But Creatures are also a little more, more metal, you know. They oh, really oh, yeah. seem like a little bit more um, edgy, yeah. you know. So... Okay, skipping past, that was 89. We're jumping all the way to 95 now. Yep. So I think we're skipping past three other ones. This is Godzilla versus Destroya. Yeah, you got it. Okay, yeah. You got it. <laughs> so wh what do we get? What made you watch it, but it's still bad? Well, uh, I think Destroya is pretty iconic as far as the look. Um, okay. Up there with like a Ghidorah or something like that. Honestly, uh, you know, my judgment, my prejudgment, of these uh, was not in the consideration. This is something that people repped as right. one of the best. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going off of research purposes. And first of all, 100% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. This? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we've okay. talked about it with these old movies, but so many of these films have not been updated as reviews, and these scores get massively skewed because of that. Because they're going through, like, old, the original mm -hmm. newspapers and, every, and everything like that. And how does that play with the algorithm? You know, I mean, how does that play with uh, how it spits out a score in modern day? Ridiculous. The plot for you this must movie... must have had high hopes on this one, man. <laughs> there must have been high hopes coming into I it. I knew this wasn't good. <laughs> this one, I think I tried to check out when I was a kid. Because I, I really like Destroyer's design. And I had like a Godzilla game or some shit like that. Okay, um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the plot for this movie uh, attempts to do what Return of Godzilla did and be a direct sequel to the original Godzilla 54. The story piggybacks off of the MacGuffin weapon, the Oxygen Destroyer from Godzilla 54, and gives birth to a new villain. Get ready for it, Destroya. 
Oxygen dis- yeah, 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 yeah. destroyer. Yeah. This, okay. this movie is, is racist to itself. It has <laughs> English, you know. <laughs> Oxygen destroyer. The monster is destroyer. So, yeah, not good. The introduction to Destru- destroyer is a cool shout out almost directly to James Cameron's 1986 Aliens, but highlights a big problem in this kind of homage to it. Um, the up close special effects look 20 years older than they actually are. And wow. We are now finally hitting that curve, that diminishing oh, returns right. of the VFX, I think, are becoming unacceptable and definitely unacceptable for 1995. Think about the movies that have come out by 1995. And you look at these special effects in this and it's just like... They're you know, not cutting it. Yeah, they're, they're not, not cutting, cutting it. it. They're not even cute anymore, you know? Which I guess cute That's now cool. gets brownie points with <laughs> my ratings. <laughs> but... Uh, Destroyer's flying looks like it hasn't been updated since the 60s when we saw kaiju like Rodan and Mothra. Uh, Again, it's got this like bad Batman clearly two poles and then cloth type of vibe (laughs) to it. It's just, it's bad Batman cape is what I'm gonna call it. So... But we're slipping into kaiju notes so we can get down to it. Uh, Godzilla has a new molten appearance. Again, kind of playing into these edgier, you know, we're in the 90s now. Everything's got to be, you know, a little bit more edgy. It shows that the VFX team is playing around a lot more with the suit, which I like. Um, In this movie, poor Godzilla has a little rash. (laughs) He's got his, he's a little inflamed. Uh, And turns out he's storing so much radioactive energy that he has turned Godzilla into a literal bomb. Mm. We do also, though, get uh, some cutesy Son of Godzilla stuff, uh, which uh, Son of Godzilla has now grown into like a medium-sized Godzilla. He's a teen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, teenager. (laughs) Yeah, teenager. Dad's got got acid reflux, basically. (laughs) So uh, I, I think we get some nice, simple tricks in city destruction that look solid, but the camera shakes... That they that they did previously that was a praise. It looks bad now. Okay, uh, it's like it feels amateurish. Uh, it's and aesthetically again, just bad. It's yeah, yeah, it's bad filmmaking at that point. Exactly. Yeah. and I maybe accept this if this uh, this amateurish aspect if it if the torch was passed to someone besides Toho, mm-hmm. but this amateurish. I mean, they've got it down. There's just no reason it for better. it. There's yeah. no reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the plot around Godzilla and Destroyer seems just too disconnected. Um, not to mention the logic of how Destroyer becomes an actual monster is idiotic. It's a shame because you look at Destroyer's design and almost it, it's almost on a King Ghidorah scale. It's really iconic. I mean, this thing looks cool. It can fly. Mm-hmm. It looks like it can kick Godzilla's ass. And I think that's important, once again, just on a on a fundamental level of what is a conflict for what we know to be an invincible beast. How that action feels on screen, uh, real bad, though. And it is foretelling our next era of films. We close out the Hisei era. Uh, once again, a little bit on a whimper. We're going to go ahead and give Godzilla vs. Destroyer, 1995, a 32. Man, okay, 32%. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting fatigued <laughs> with these low ones now. <laughs> The, the cheers are that gone. single digits, baby. Um, okay, so like you said, we're leaving that era, and we're skipping over now the Millennium Era. Yeah. Which is a shame because— No, I mean, uh, well, skipping as far as the highlight goes for the Millennium yes, Era. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, all right, so we're leaving that era now. Man, ending it on 32%. Okay, so now <laughs> now we're introduced into the Millennium Era, correct? Yeah. So with this era, does it? what year does this start? 98? Uh, 99, or, I believe, Okay, uh, it starts. And now this uh, first movie I'm, I'm about to say, does this— intro in the era or uh, no i believe there's one bef- 
for it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this is called Giant Monsters All Out Attack. <laughs> and this is 2001. That sounds kind of cool. I don't know. Um, right. How was it? And, uh, now, and now we're like, okay, we're in the 2000s. Right. It's 2001. Let's maybe do something new. Exactly. Yeah. How's our design? Yada, yada. Well, Godzilla, the main uh, look of the design is definitely, I feel like, now American-influenced, specifically the 1998 Matthew Broderick movie that made Godzilla more T-Rex-ish. Yep. Uh, Godzilla in the Millennium Era's most notable thing is that his back spikes are like these crazy, jagged, you know, daggers. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, kind of, they're trying to make them a little bit more edgy, a little bit more cool for the kids, kind of thing. So, our first of the Millennium Era, though, uh, and it's by no means the first film released. Uh, this era consider is considered even by the hardest core of Godzilla fans not very good across the board. Okay, but I would you watched to, it still. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of these made the cut, and okay. and I'll, I'll get to it with Final Wars, but. Final Wars is in a lot of the top ten lists as well because it's like a fan movie. There's the biggest fan movie. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll make uh, enemies with a bunch of Godzilla fans in my own Godzilla <laughs> <Yeah>. special. <laughs> but I would have to simply agree because, the again, this VFX maturity curve. Uh, it, it, I mean, even even outside of my own lingo that I'm, uh, I'm attaching to that, it's just that I feel like we're now in the 2000s. Even if you don't want to assess that to like the 90s, we're in the 2000s. Toho has money. You yeah, know, these oh, are, absolutely. These can be uh, good. They're, 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 what is holding them back is exactly how unacceptable it is that the man in suit looks no better. I mean, yeah, there's a redesign. Really? Yeah, just it, it, it's on par. Same level of so animatronics. The, suit looks, the, the, the design might look better, yeah. but the workings of the suit is just as bad. Technologically. We also get, of course, really bad uh, CGI. So, uh, and what I mean by this is that the more recent the release of the film, the less excuse there is for bad visual effects. That's 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 what I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, absolutely. Here. Combine that with a tendency for the Millennium Era entries to be a bit lower budget, uh, and you have a bad cocktail for the films coming out of this time. And and definitely writing on the wall of why we don't have a single highlight uh, film in the Millennium Era. Uh, this movie is a single film reimagining of the King Ghidorah trilogy that we discussed. Yep. Uh, with the sci-fi elements stripped out for more kind of Japanese folklore and mysticism. Godzilla is really not a radioactive atrocity. He's more like a Japanese legend in this. You know, we're, we're kind of shifting can, a okay, little right bit back that. to Savior Japan type of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the human plot has never mattered less. Things are just constantly happening that don't concern characters at all, but it's cool because they make Godzilla super evil at times, which I loved. Yeah. Man, it's just like, boy, does the human plot just not matter at all in this movie. (laughs) As for the kaiju notes... There's a lot more fun and innovative perspective tricks used. There appears to be always two sets used in the Millennium Era films. A human-level set and a Godzilla-level set, uh, with effects used in both to stitch together scenes. And that's not too different than any other production. Mm. You obviously have the miniature set and you know whatever, whatever scene they have with humans. But we see the blending of these two work together a lot better. Um, for instance, when you see city destruction on the human level... On I'm sorry, when you see city destruction on the Godzilla level, the next thing will be a way oversized Godzilla foot in the actual human set. Okay. Um, That's what you mean by blending. Yes. And that works. I like that. Yeah. I think it could be a lot better with better budget, but yeah. Because like you said, that Matthew Broderick one, I don't mind, I think. (laughs) It's been a while since I've I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that's, it, it should be assumed 
mm. that things like that are happening. Sure. So you get more of an interaction between Godzilla and humans, yeah. you know, and on, on the same screen. Yeah. So, I mean, we are in 2001. Yeah. And as much as I love man in suit design and, and, and practical effects, I feel like it's become a shackle for the Millennium Era. Oh, my That gosh. they feel that they have to do old when clearly the American one uh, did all CG, yep. you know. As I actually don't know how much that holds up, you know. I, that, that, was actually up gonna, okay. that was actually going to be the. I mean, this 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 project was colossal, but that was going to be the secret surprise fifth film that I got for the Matthew <laughs> But no, no surprises there. I wish more of this was used. When it, going back to some of my notes on um, this uh, this blending of impact, I guess I'll call it. Because uh, the CGI is super early and super bad. Um, you know, when it's used with creatures, it honestly robs any charm from the production. Godzilla himself looks super mean in this, which is refreshing after the otter look of the Hisahara. Mm-hmm. It's it's not technologically there, uh, and it's doesn't. It almost doesn't feel like a jump. It feels like a jump in era, just because these feel like lower budget TV direct video releases wow. so overall not a super straw showing for Ghidorah uh, as a returning villain I was actually kind of in high hopes of that but uh, it really might be the best out of some of the films considering the original trilogy was one of the some of the worst films I watched in the entire in the entire franchise so uh, it's not saying much for Ghidorah we're gonna go ahead and give Giant Monsters All Out Attack 2001 a 37 a 37%. Okay, they're really all in this kind of schlocky puddle. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, you know that's that's what we're calling it? That title, You know what the real title is? What? Godzilla, Mothra, and King Godira, Giant Monsters, Allied Attack. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's ridiculously long. <laughs> I'm not even going to try the, the oh. original <laughs> Japanese version. Uh, yeah. Embarrass myself too much. Okay, all right. So that's 2001, 37%. Let's keep it going. This is now 2002, just a year later. This is Godzilla against Mega Godzilla. Mega Godzilla. Mega Godzilla. <laughs> Robot. We're back with the robot. How is it? Uh, well, <laughs> folks, if you need a reason for why this special exists, it is because there are three films in this franchise with basically all the same name. Yeah. Yep. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. Uh, I mean, like, how does that how does that distinguish itself? <laughs> Once again, uh, our next millennium era film uh, is a remake of a Showa era classic, and that's really what the millennium era is um, is kind of defined by as well on top of this VFX not flying anymore mm-hmm. it's it's made a bit more serious it's certainly stripped of those fun you know 70s aspect that I loved uh, but without that 70s camp that was key to the first appearance of Mechagodzilla working, this kind of just boils into a blah type of film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get into the action right away with uh, a Godzilla rampage at the very start of the film, which, uh, believe it or not, is a rare sight, as I've been saying. Uh, it's, it's amazing how many, like, at the hour mark you have to wait until it. So <laughs> uh, the human side of the story has a lot more style and heart put into it, which is... A lesser key to the success of the franchise, I feel like there really is a uniting against Godzilla. Again, you know, against. (laughs) Uh, Which is a good element that we see in Godzilla 54. It's a good element we see in Return. And it is a quality that we'll see for our last entry as well, which I think is a key success. This has some of the right makings. We also see the anime influences come full circle. The plot works how... 
any mecha anime from the 90s works. It's a team uniting together to pilot a giant robot against a monster. And I think it's uh, this was an interesting entry to cover because it's like, wow, we have Godzilla-inspiring anime, and now anime has now been inspiring it's very this Godzilla. Funny. Yeah. yeah. The pacing is pretty decent uh, because we jump through the development time for Mechagodzilla. It almost feels like 1997 Starship Troopers with how we kind of oh. clip along in multiple years. Sure, yeah. It's nice. Sadly, though, Kaiju Notes is where everything crumbles. Mechagodzilla moves pretty nice considering the original not looking the best, but this CGI is still very infantile, uh, at least for the studio, that is. And just doesn't look good at all. City Destruction is actually a tiny bit goofy. A perfect example is that if for some reason they do a lot of throws in this one. When they throw, it'll cut. And then the next cut <laughs> is just them completely horizontal flying through the air. You see right. the wires. <laughs> it's just them like chocolate bar floating towards a building. Too sh- why is it so shitty? It has no right being this shitty. I don't, especially when they've experimented with more like wrestling type of it's moves. It's just so ridiculous. I Yeah. It's wild, um, yeah, but it, it's always a good time when Godzilla is a little bit more of the bad guy. Again, it's Mecha Godzilla uh, being piloted by the humans uh, against Godzilla as the bad guy. I think his new edgy design into the 2000s is probably best utilized in this film okay. as well. We get some more animatronics in jaw and neck here, which uh, I was in, in favor of for the support of this kind of evil spin to Goji. Man, let me tell you, this action was not where it was at. And uh, that's even with me saying, you know, as much as I loved the original Mechagodzilla, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, action was a highlight because of the quality. It was was its priority. Uh, It was the focus of the film. And this one is just, has none of the focus and bad action. Uh, I I think there's interesting aspects, but it's mostly just kind of go falls into the puddle. It falls in Mm -hmm. the Fast and Furious puddle. We're going to go ahead and give Godzilla against Mechagodzilla 2002 a 55. Wow, 55 is not a bad score. Yeah. Damn. I, I Honestly, I think uh, when, it, when it comes down to it, I think uh, if I rewatched it again, maybe a little bit lower, but hey, this is what I rated it. <laughs> That's what I rated it. Okay, 55. Okay, so that was, oh, two. We're jumping to 2004. This is the 50th anniversary, which mm. is a big one. This is Godzilla Final Wars. It kind of sounds cool. It seems like we have a, a costume change or rebranding, but a design change a for Godzilla. Bit. Yeah, a tiny bit. Uh, at least the poster has them yeah. looking cool. Right, right. Very edgy. And correct me if I'm wrong, after this, this not oh, is this the last movie for a while? Yes. And then it birthed, and then we... We had another 12-year 12 12 year hiatus. God, um, huge. 10, if you consider the American reboot with uh, Brian Cranston. Right, okay. So oh, maybe that's why they did. Yeah, maybe. Just to give some love to, like... Sure. US, who knows? And clearly that's its own, you know, running franchise. Right. So. Okay. But Toho connected, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. So 2004, Godzilla Final Wars. What are some bullet points? Oof. Well, folks, if there was a reason why I put Final Wars on is because, and if there was a reason to justify doing this many movies is that people love this movie. And by people, I uh, Godzilla fans, okay. which are... <laughs> You know, maybe not people. No, I'm joking. joking. This marks the 50th anniversary of the Godzilla franchise, and they really wanted to create a huge fan film with this one, which I can kind of get behind. Mm -hmm. 
And there's high hopes of this one going out with a bang because the next film is 10 years later with the American Godzilla 2014 reboot and then 12 years for the next Japanese production. Uh, And honestly, Tom, they go balls to the walls with this one. (laughs) This movie is wild and mostly in a bad way. It is like a cyberpunk Godzilla story, if you can believe it. Okay. I can't believe anything (laughs) at this point, buddy. (laughs) So true. So true. Uh, Folks, we pull from any and all possible Godzilla films. It is a a reunion of monsters from all eras. If there is a monster in the last 50 years of Godzilla, it shows up in this movie. Wow. That is what Final Wars is about. That's why people, that's why yeah. the true fans or whatever you want to call them. Right, right. The Zaliens. The Zanheads. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the Zaliens. Hell, it includes the 1998 Matthew Broderick Godzilla in this. Really? With, like, worse CGI than the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like they couldn't even do it right. Wow, I mean that's love. Be, yeah, that's they, love. Yeah. It, it really makes no sense continuity wise with any of this, but this is just a, a fan film. I would say even within just the fifteen films under my belt, this film uh, did reward some deep cuts from the series. So I want to give some props and for any listeners and folks at home that you do find yourself a Godzilla fan, maybe Final Wars does hit with you, but. I'm very sad to say that this one was one of the worst kaiju wow. notes I have had for the whole series. You want monster action? Well, you gotta wait, because despite an impossibly huge cast of monsters, we don't get a real kaiju fight until an hour and 15 minutes in exactly. Really? It's like... How long is this film? Is it under? Uh, is it sub two hours? It might be. It a- seems like they all are under two hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And that's where it's like this razzle-dazzle type of They're fight. They're making you wait, yeah. Yeah. The film pads out the experience with bad kung fu fights on the human plot <laughs> uh, through some of the lowest budget acting I've ever seen in my life. I mean, there is a real production story behind this one, or rather a production nightmare. I will say the movie slightly delivers on a promise that Godzilla absolutely decimates everyone and anyone his way. Basically how this plays out is you wait for the hour and 15 minutes. All these monsters are introduced, right. wrecking their own cities, and then Godzilla just comes in and he just he wipes them all out. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> it's it's a it's like it's it's a Godzilla fan film in the sense that like they never want to see Godzilla lose, they never want to see Godzilla challenged right. in any way. They want Godzilla to be Superman, basically. So the CGI in this is super dark and money. It honestly looks like Sharknado quality. Wow. Like, that's that's where we're at here. That's another note I wanted to ask you about, too, later. <laughs> yeah. we just keep it on our noggin. Keep it going. Okay. <laughs> there is just terrible cinema- cinematography here, like a real weightless digital feel that is just truly, truly awful. And wow, does the whole production just look terrible. I mean, it looks like a cheap TV-level production, which, honestly, the franchise never really dipped that low. Despite despite Toho doing TV stuff, I mean, this looks like like a bad Power Rangers. Not even like Power Rangers, yeah. like a worse Power Rangers. To my disbelief, you know, this film is single-handedly, it, it proved why I had to complete this special and why, you know, a good baseline of 15 out of 25 needed to be covered because people have no idea what the f*** they're talking about. <laughs> You'll see Final Wars sprinkled in so many top 10 lists. To find out it was this bad? (laughs) Unlike the So Bad It's Good Ghidorah films, this was flat out the worst with no redeeming qualities. 
we're going to go ahead and give Godzilla Final Wars 2004 an 8. An 8%? <laughs> eight. An 8%. Wow. I'm telling you, this, this is this is. Awful. This is second worst film, folks, on the daily ratings. <laughs> Wait, is, isn't Catwoman single digits? No. No? <laughs> or is it? Oh, wait, maybe Catwoman's maybe, an eight. Yeah. Shit, I don't Either know. Either way, we're, we're definitely the bottom of the bottom. Wow, okay. 50th year anniversary, 8%. <laughs> that's so, bad. So bad. Okay, that's Godzilla Final Wars, folks, 2004. Yeah. And it's crazy that for the 60th year anniversary, then, yeah, they give that up to the American version with the Brian Cranston mm-hmm. one. Okay, so now that closes out, out that era. This enters in the Showa era, correct? Mm. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> so close, so close. Uh, this is the Reiwa era. Oh, the, that's right. Okay, this, oh, oh, yeah, Showa's yeah. the first one. Yeah. Okay, this, is, <laughs> this enters us into the Reiwa era. Yep. I get it what you're saying. It's the wah at the end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So this is the next big one. That was a lot. Man, that was like. Take that's... a deep breath. Me take a deep breath. Let, you take a deep breath. Let out a Godzilla scream, folks. That was you know, a. Give, um... give your best. It <laughs> <laughs> was a marathon of bad movies you just gave us. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. But this is our next big boy one. So I watched a decent amount of clips from this one. Mm. I, I find myself highly interested into it. I mm. really love the uh, the soundtrack in oh, this. Oh, yeah. I listened to maybe like half half of it like all the way through, all the, but I checked out every song for a bit. Yep. I'm excited to talk about this one. This is 2016's Shin Godzilla. Let's get into it, Ben. Why did this make the good list? Well, I would say if there's a recipe success for these endless sequels, it's that that 10-year hiatus lets things marinate yeah. a bit. <laughs> they, they let the foot off the gas a little bit. They maybe take the best of the ideas and they kind of you know mix them all together. You let people crave our boy Goji. Maybe America fumbles the reboot of their own. And you sit your ass down and you write an actually meaningful Godzilla story. That is what the 10-year hiatus does for, mm-hmm. the, for Toho and, and the productions. Just like most of our main other highlights, folks, This one especially, I recommend watching them in the original Japanese. And Shin Godzilla is no exception, if only to really get the panic and the urgency of the story across. Uh, By 2016, dubs are totally fine. Really comes down to preference. Right. But I but think still. for this one, yeah, it's it's still a, a, a it's such a such a Japanese story that you want to watch it in original, in the original dub. We are going to do something we haven't done all special and start with our director because Hidekiano is a yeah, he's one special guy. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Ono is a massively famous anime director among greats like Hayao Miyazaki and Satoshi Kong. And his projects are just on an entirely different level. Uh, Of course, one day I hope to have the delight of talking about it in detail, but his quintessential work is Neon Genesis Evangelion. If you... If you come across uh, anime at all, it's Evangelion, just as one of the most popular animes of all time yeah, uh, yeah. to this day in Japan. Really a, a masterclass work. He's, he's taking in Evangelion a lot of the most successful parts of Godzilla films and uses them to tell one of the most unique stories ever animated uh, for his genre and for the medium. So to call I know, a, you know, him directing this project as qualified... 
does he have the chops, would be an understatement. Arguably, there is no creative force in Japan more qualified to take on a Godzilla wow. film than the man that was stealing the best parts of it right. in a Tarantino <laughs> way for years. <laughs> this really was such a like dynamite match as far as talent and vision and, again, the hype of it coming back after an 12, absolute 12 rebrand. years. 12-year gap is a long time yeah. for this property. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. The name Shin in Shin Godzilla can be interpreted three ways. New, true, or the coolest of all, God. God Godzilla. <laughs> uh, this movie achieves the feeling of scrambling panic and shows us the desperate meetings and bureaucracy uh, that, that in itself shows how hopeless the Japanese are in handling Godzilla at all. Now, to be upfront, the sequences themselves might not be the most engaging, uh, especially if you're reading those subtitles, folks. Honestly, it's a little tough because we go from the heights of city destruction into planning committee meetings, which is like, it's a little bit of a dip in, right. in, in, in attention span and, and, and also in how it's, it's uh, organized as a story. So I really wouldn't fault someone for thinking this film is a bit boring. I think that's totally fine. But grappling with the horror in these moments and really putting yourself into the position of these politicians, these bureaucrats, scrambling with no right decision is why Shin Godzilla is the true remake of Godzilla 1954. Whoa, and okay. Yeah, not a sequel. This is a reimagining. A proper remake. And yeah. this is why this is why I love the soundtrack so much. Mm. It pulls so much yes. from the original, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Which is awesome, which yeah. is so good. And to the point where I made a little while back, which is... If you're going to make us wait for the fight or make us wait a decent amount to see our guy, mm -hmm. I'm okay with that if you give us a good story. Yeah. And this – give me a serious, intense, true – make it feel real yeah. of the government on a full-out scramble right. of what we do with this – Crisis mode. Yeah, uh, crisis of, mode. of this monster. Yeah. So if that's what we're getting, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and really, we – in Shin Godzilla, we experience Godzilla firsthand. Uh, you know, a nation gazes upon an infant creature that looks to be more confused than malicious. Maybe that's mm. what uh, the, the, the praisers of clumsy Godzilla were after. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But one thing is certain, this new threat is an unstoppable force of destruction that plunges, and I mean plunges Japan into sheer panic. Uh, and how that panic is sold through the series staples of people running away yeah. and screaming and going into bunkers and destruction cut to a big foot and whatnot. It's all it's all right here and, and driven home so clearly. Okay. A couple, I have a couple questions. Sure. One, are we, we're in modern day Japan, correct? Yeah. Like we're mm -hmm. not taking us back to. <laughs> no, no. Just no. A 2016, present day. Yeah. You know. How was the crowd work? How was it as far as that she that that terror and everything like that? Did it did it feel like a small movie? Did it feel like a Sharknado budget movie? No, or definitely not. Does this not. feel big time? Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I would say single handedly, this this could completely destroys every Millennium Era film. Okay, uh, at least that I've watched. This was the big question I was going to ask, and I'll just say it now. Mm. This is when you brought up Sharknado. Sure, when I made the comment because. Toho almost seems like a B company production, right? These all feel like B movies, yeah, a little bit, yeah. And it it's weird to say that because Godzilla is a renowned name. We all right. know the name Godzilla mm -hmm. and how much weight that has behind it. But going through these movies, hearing you talk about them for the past couple hours, it's it's like this is a B company. These are B movies. <laughs> a lot of these right. are B movies. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And for you to say Sharknado on the yeah. Final Wars, which is supposed to be a phenomenal film <laughs> on the 50th anniversary, 
And that's what makes me... That they put 50th anniversary money towards. I don't know. And it's like, wow. So you tell me the biggest blockbustery actually movies were Mm. the American ones almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But now that we're in 16, we have this huge director. What Mm -hmm. does it feel like? Does it feel... Like a blockbuster mainline movie. I, I think yes and no. No, because of the focus on these in-office type of meetings, these talking scenes. So it feels smaller? That feels smaller. It feels larger because of design. Godzilla okay. is a very unique look here. Uh, I don't know okay. what to think about it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. it's it's. I mean, I think that's, that's where this, again, this kind of renaissance approach that they're going back to horror roots with this. And yeah. especially this trying to be a reimagining of Godzilla 54. Mm. So, I would say plot has some great problem solving as we discover each new piece of info around the creature. It's also where I think this serves as a great remake of the original instead of just a sequel or in the continuity of it. Questions are actually asked. Why is this thing going after Japanese cities? Uh, does it seem to be growing? Uh, does it get hungry? Can any weapon damage mm. it? The unpacking of the kaiju with fresh eyes is the best part of the writing and works to introduce a classic monster again, close to something, as I said with the first one, like a 1968's Night of the Living Dead. We have a serious unpacking of what are the rules of the monster. Um, Love that. And yeah, it's just it's just great. I mean, this obviously can't be done for every sequel because by the nature of the sequel, but by having this reimagining, it really gives itself a great opportunity to do that. But those, but the horror ramps higher and higher, switching things up for even the most hor- hardcore Godzilla fan as we realize that this is an organism that surpasses man in every way. Um, going to the music a little bit, and I'm, I'm glad that you like the music and how I much did. it cuts from it. Uh, ono pulls a straight up Tarantino in the soundtrack here, and it has a wonderful mix of classic tracks from all over Godzilla's history. That's I think that's oh, fan service okay. done right, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, because it's mostly from that great Showa era, like Some you know, music. classic '60s style horns and whatnot. And then interweaving it with some of the modern stuff. Yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. You know, sometimes even themes are used from adversaries of Godzilla's that are now put on his theme. Okay. Which is great. And uh, we get some remixed uh, iconic songs from ono, uh, Ono's other animes as well, which in themselves were inspired by Godzilla themes. It's just like such a perfect package. Shin Godzilla is just like, this is the moment for the franchise. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Folks, uh, this is our last era, and that means a brand new kaiju design. Now, unfortunately, Godzilla is CGI here, full on. In our last entry, our last highlight, but also our last cover for the um, uh, for the franchise, we are finally separated from the man in suit design. And honestly, even coming out in 2016, if I'm being straight up, that CGI has even shown its age a little bit on a rewatch. So I'm not I'm not really going to hold any punches there. It's sad that our last highlight couldn't have been the man in suit, but what is gained in exchange for using CGI is no ordinary visuals. This is not a normal Godzilla that they're just making in a computer. (laughs) (laughs) Godzilla is made to be truly horrific. Yeah. Once again, uh, serving this idea of reimagining the horror of Godzilla 54. Without giving spoilers, Godzilla is a grotesque monster that is equally unsettling and disturbing... He is gory, he is mutated, he is cancerous looking. And it his, is his hands. Yeah. The way his arms and hands kind right. of go up, not like, down. Clearly a bit. not functional hands. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know what to think about it. 
His eyes don't look too great. Yeah. No, I like the beady eyes in this. You one. do like yeah. them? Yeah. Oh, I was I was a little uh, I was side eyed with the eyes. I don't know. Yeah, he's got like real beady eyes <laughs> in this one. Uh, but this design, I, I mean, I, I think it's absolutely awesome. It's unique. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is this is everything I want, and I loved it to death. Shin Godzilla evolves throughout the movies, and for the first time in the series, we see how weapons of war fuel Godzilla beyond his just initial creation, and that plays into the plot as well the reason why i bring that up is that i feel like you could watch this film and be like wow it's a lot of boardroom talking but it's boardroom talking and then the action is a result of japan's decisions messing up more Mm. and worsening godzilla Um, it's really telling a story yeah it's 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 a slippery slope (laughs) things are getting actively worse in the movie uh people online and maybe this is something that you saw Mm -hmm. people online will repost the scene of the first atomic breath in the film and i think it is a serious spoiler honestly because the concept is taken to such an extreme okay i did not see it okay all right (laughs) but it is it is a sight to behold um really oh yeah even after the cranston ones you know and yeah okay all right this atomic breath scene is the reason to watch Sin Godzilla straight okay, up. Okay, all oh, right. Yeah. Uh, by visuals alone, Anno draws a line in the sand on previous Godzilla interpretations and sheds any promise of this guy, or this guy, this monster <laughs> being a hero or ally to Japan. And I feel like, mm. once again, just so much in execution could have been fumbled and so much in the execution had consideration to handle with care. Folks, like I said, And I've been saying it a lot because I feel like in ways uh, over the years there's been a lot of fanfare for this film and then online that has turned and people kind of hate this film. Really? Maybe not hate, but haters a little bit on the film. And it's because there's a lot of boardroom scenes and a lot of bureaucracy that straight up might bore someone uh, watching this action monster movie. But not unlike this year's hit, Oppenheimer... The gravity and stakes are communicated in these scenes. These are important scenes to get across. And it goes back to the first film where the fear is sold by the helplessness in the situation. This is the only live-action film in the Reiwa era, the rest being anime adaptations. And over the course of a year of watching all these movies, I, I think I started this actually in December, wow. actually. Yeah, wow. this was secret. <laughs> you did keep it a secret for a while, yeah. Yeah. You Part were nervous the, I was gonna I was not gonna like it. I was super nervous because you don't like kaiju movies, you don't like monster movies. Yeah, but this is something this, this is different though. <laughs> this is different. I was uh, folks, I was straight up nervous Tom would shoot it down after <laughs> watching fifteen movies. <laughs> but um, you know, after a year of watching these movies, we got an announcement of the continuing American Godzilla Kong films as well as a new Japanese live action film, presumably the second live-action film in this Reiwa era. Mm -hmm. Um, And I have no idea how that film plans to portray Godzilla and how the Reiwa era will define itself moving forward, if it'll stay as horrific as Shin Godzilla is. But I can't imagine this movie getting pushed aside as a highlight for how to breathe new life into one of the oldest movie monsters put on screen. We're going to go ahead and put Shin Godzilla 2016 at a 79. Excellent, excellent score. Yeah. 79%, and it's two hours on the dot. Man. I think the only reason why it doesn't outdo Return of Godzilla is, again, I think realistically, 
with the Japanese dub, you can kind of get lost in these in these boardroom scenes. But watch it like an Oppenheimer, and <laughs> I love that. Because, and let's be honest, the one of your biggest complaints with so many of these is they don't give you the action until an hour in. Mm. But you're saying this is almost a highlight of this film, yes. because it's done such with such care. Yeah, seventy nine percent is a great score. I'm so glad. That <laughs> yeah. this last main one, you know, that's After a not big anime. Stretch. Basically, from '84 to 2016 is well, a is a no go stretch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens next year because it is the 70th anniversary. Yeah, because um, you like the 54 is the OG. Then we, you like the 74. You like the 84. Yeah, yeah, uh, true. Hated the 2004. <laughs> Boy, okay, what a roller coaster we yeah. were just on for. Woo, everyone, take a big breath. Let's take a nap. Uh, Vin, oh, you man. watched fifteen movies, <laughs> and there's still and, more. And, and, and I know, still um, more. you know, it's phenomenal job. It's so much homework went into this. Mm-hmm. Pages and pages of notes. Yeah, the no, folks, notes are eighteen pages. Uh, I mean, that is unreal. Yeah. Uh, I want to make a point here, folks, because obviously, because it's a special, we don't do donation segments or producer segment here. But obviously, Vin puts in all, a huge amount of care into things like this. If we're gonna be, if we know we're gonna be out or something like that, and we just don't want to have blank weeks, mm. it's something we almost never do. Sure. Um, in our over 100 episodes of doing this, it's happened twice, mm. and once was an accident because it was a weird re- the recording went bad. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So. You know, it, it. this is extra content on top of all the movies Vin is still watching. On top of the five films a week, Vin had to find time to watch 15 more films. <laughs> and uh, you probably ended up spending probably over 10 hours of note-taking oh, just yeah. to refine them, to get them ready and everything And then like the that. project became such a beast in itself, a kaiju yeah. in itself. Uh, you know, to return to notes so old, it was just like, oh, man, I really, I'm, I almost like I had to rewatch a little bit of uh, some of these movies. Like, it was like, oof. That is unreal. Unruly, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> Folks, we hope you appreciate it. I, I can't imagine the word count of Godzilla <laughs> and how many times it was said on this episode. <laughs> But it's a massive franchise. It is the longest ongoing franchise of about 70 years, like we said. Mm. And I'll tell you what. How would you ever actually say, I want to understand the Godzilla. I want to watch the essential Godzilla films. How do I weed through this? The only way you could weed through it is sit down and watch all these films mm-hmm. and do hours of research. But don't worry, we did it for you. Vin did that for you. <laughs> it's the true, it, it's what I want specials to be. A it was watching quite guide. the marathon. To it, have some yeah. utility to like, yeah, heads or tails, what am I actually spending time on? Uh, we hope you all enjoyed it. Whether you're a Godzilla fan or not, you took us to through a history of one of the most classic, or not, if not the biggest. Yeah monster out there absolutely so it's ingrained in society it's huge in the u.s even though it's such a japanese property toho still has a grip on them which is great and at the same time i don't know as good uh, <laughs> are they sharknado films i don't know i would say i'm still willing to say that toho is a bad steward mm. of the property of godzilla right. and has only occasionally struck struck gold basically clearly yeah 36 yeah. films 34 yeah, yeah. films whatever really, yeah what, what's the what's the batting average here but uh yeah uh, it's a great question I, I really love that question, Tom. Of just like, and also even just wrapping your head around how do you steward any brand? You know, I think I yeah. think that's a something I would like to have in a lot of these franchise talks that we do. So excellent, Vin. Before I kind of wrap things up here, are there any finishing notes, any lasting notes, anything you want to say to everybody? Uh, or? I, got, I got one. Oh. <laughs> Like the uh, Jurassic Park, I had to hear Godzilla scream so many times. Do they play around with the scream at all much? Or uh, yeah. Is, okay. Yeah, they do. All right, folks. So 
Vin, thank you so much for watching all these. Uh, yeah, we're kind of pooped. I mean, we're not <laughs> yeah. much of an ender. Um, thank you so much for watching all these. The hours of note-taking, the months and months that this has kind of been in the works. We thank you so, so much, Vin. Folks, if you appreciate this work that Vin is doing, if you're finding, finding this valuable, a Godzilla fan, not a Godzilla fan, I still think as far as cinema goes, there's some value in this special here. Mm-hmm. And if, if you are getting value from it, if you could, go to the dailyratings.com. You go to the donations tab, and through monetary support, you can become a producer, and you're helping support us. You're helping support the daily ratings, and you're helping keeping this going. Uh, it's what drives us, and it what kind of just – you guys bring new life into us with support of Absolutely. the show. So we can't thank you so much for those of you who are, are supporting, who are at least are, are sharing the message a little bit, telling a friend, mm. a family member about it. If you hate Godzilla, but you know somebody else likes it, hey – Tell them about it. Sure. You know, that alone is huge in being a producer. So we thank you all so much. We hope you enjoyed this. We're going to run it down one more time. I think we'll just do the four main ones. <laughs> sure, sure. <Okay. laughs> and you can go on this site when I finally get a chance to get oh, these right, on. right, right, yeah. But, uh, okay, folks. So we have 1954's Godzilla, the OG, with a 70%. We have 1974's Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla with a 71 1984's The Return of Godzilla with an 80, and 2016's Shin Godzilla with a 79%. Folks, we thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this special. We can't thank you enough. We will see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. (laughs) 